This episode of the Game Over Greggy Show is brought to you by Movement Watches. Movement Watches was founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. The watchmaker's goal is to change the way consumers think about fashion by offering high-quality, minimalist products at revolutionary prices. With over 500,000 watches sold to customers in more than 160 countries around the world, Movement Watches has solidified itself as the world's fastest-growing watch company. Movement Watches started just $95. Now, at a department store, ladies and gentlemen, you're looking at 400 to 500 bucks. Movement figured out that by selling online, they were able to cut out the middleman and the retail markup, providing the best possible price. Classic design, quality construction, and stylized minimalism. Over 500,000 watches sold in more than 160 countries. Did I say that? I did. Right now, you can get 15% off with free shipping and free returns by going to movementwatches.com slash greggy. That's M-V-M-T watches.com slash greggy. This watch is cool. You've seen me talk about it before. Black face, red hands, black band. I look awesome. So it's time to do it, ladies and gentlemen. Step up your watch game. Go to movementwatches.com slash greggy. M-V-M-T. Join the movement. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Hi. Hey. Now, what's this going on over here? You got some, you got some smuts. I don't know. God knows. Is this one of the Kevin cum shirts? No, I don't know. This might be... You never know when you get that stuff from no. me. You pick it up. I rub up against a lot of things. <laughs> you do. You're there. like a cat. I do. You just put your Sometimes, set you know, my old man's spatial like, awareness just kind of falters on me, and I just slam into things, like, and then I keep no, going. No, this just... might be wall. Could be cobweb. <laughs> sure. No one knows what it is. <laughs> well, you came in looking like a drowned cat today, dude. I got it. Got I got dumped on, man. It was. Yeah. It is like storming outside. Yeah. Seriously, I think we might talk about that later. Over here, the couscous magnet, Colin Moriarty. What does that mean? I don't like this whole new thing that you're doing. <laughs> ah, 2017. Couscous new name. Magnet. You ever heard of couscous? I've heard of couscous. <laughs> I've heard of couscous. I've had couscous many times, but I don't understand this new naming. So you've convention. had it many times. Yeah. So you'd say you're. It's drawn to you. Over oh, there, the pure one, Tim Geddes. Couscous is an inanimate food. Keeps coming to you, though. Apparently, lots of times you've it's been eating it. It's not magnetized. magnet. It's not magnetized. I need this weekend to come really bad because of football. football is that going to help you, you think? I don't need help. I'm fine. I just... Last year's or last week's football games were terrible, so I need... You know, Do you think these will be better? I hope so. You yeah. don't know. Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Me, couch, underwear. Tim, what do you mean? You're going to say something. Couscous magnet. Yeah. Where did where it come from? Because yesterday, yeah. you guys recorded P.S. I Love You. XOXO. I was in the other room. I heard this. Yeah. You gave him some other weird ass name. What I'm giving it? 2017. The Converse champion or some shit? No, Tight Socks. Tight Socks McGee. Something like or that. Yeah, yeah. Was, so right? That's about it. Yeah. But I understand that. You look down, he has tight socks. Yeah. So you give him that. Couscous magnet. Yeah. His what? hair kind of reminds me of Couscous. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see it. I looked up to look at my hair, but it's. But the hair moved back because it's on my Your head. hair looks yeah. good. Your hair looks good. Your hair looks good. My hair looks great today. We're oh, having okay. quite a good We're fucking hair show right now. Terrible. My hair got, my terrible. No, I like fall. it. I like it when it's like this. I, I got to get a cut. How, how short are you going to go this time? 
the regular amount of shortness you've been going? Are you going to get the, the beard trimmed up too? Yeah, I just feel get like I'm going to be lazy. Can we go eye. together this time? I want to go to this haircut place. No, I'm, gonna I go, go to I'm, this I'm nice probably going to go to the bar before I come here for the games cast. It's full, a bunch of men there I hear. There are a lot of men. Yeah, just a lot of men in it up in there. My dude left though. Oh no. Jesus. He's no longer there. So I had to go. I had another guy named Luis. Now, have you asked them to do like a traditional barber cut on you? So instead it's of not just possible. instead of just cutting it down short, have them do like a little bit of fade on the sides. Just give it a little more. That, that requires maintenance, but you have to understand that I don't. It doesn't. I don't have that. I don't. People ask that question sometimes. I'm like, do you not understand what's going on here? It doesn't f- fall or fold or sit on. T- it's just there. It's like, it's like sheep's wool. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous it's so head thick. of hair. It's so thick. But I like it when you do what you just did do, where you ding a little bit and it's just got all these different edges now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like an I anime, like a really broke down anime that. character. I really think you could style that. I think you just got to go to the right guy and he has to help He's you. He's got to believe. They but have to help you like get it to a, a specific level. Well, I think it's more what Tim's saying is that the belief factor, yeah, it's also the interest factor and the caring factor. Yeah, yeah I understand Both that. Both precipitously low on this. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to care much, though. You let the barber. All you need is the side. Yeah, the barber. And the barber doesn't even need to care much. Trust me, I know. You got such a good. My barber couldn't give his fuck less. What I like about it is it's just got all these dips and curves to it, like a planet. It's just this fucking jagged, like a jagged surface, like a beat up captured asteroid roaming around Saturn right now. Miller's (laughs) point. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Game Over Greggy Show each and every week. Four, sometimes five, best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to Patreon.com/slash. Kind of funny, where you can get every show early along with a bunch of exclusive perks, goodies, and right now, if you're giving us a dollar or more, exclusive access to Kind of Funny Live 2. If you have no bucks to toss our way, no big deal, head over to youtube.com slash kindoffunny, where we put the entire show up topic by topic, day by day, until it goes up as one big video and MP3 the following Friday. Nick. Yes. What's your topic? Uh, my topic comes from Star Wars this time. It's, uh, you know, Medical unfortunately. Medical no, no, sand. Um, unfortunately, Carrie Fisher passed. So it begs the question, what what do they do with Star Wars episode eight and nine? Well, eight's done. Oh. Nine. And should they be considering doing something with her CG? Like Tarkin. And like, like Tarkin. And like, and like her. Princess Leia. Yeah, exactly. In Rogue Legacy. Yes, Rogue Legacy, definitely. You know, in Rogue One, I mean, it's spoilers. You had your shot. It's yeah. like what I mean. It people j- have seen it. Anyone's watching this show. Has it's been in th- other people's thumbnails by now. Yeah, it's fine. You've seen it somewhere. Um, so you know, everyone thought it was cool. I thought it was a little, uh, a little alarming. I don't necessarily like when they did this. I didn't care for it in Tron. Um, I didn't think it. Well, obviously, the effect didn't work that well in Tron. Um, I didn't see it in. Tr- I didn't see Tron. So who was who was in Tron Legacy? Like? They made Jeff Bridges younger. So his, uh, his, the villain was the younger version of him. Okay, uh, it was it was a program, but it looked like him. Um, and so when. Jeff Bridges came in and he had to fight himself, which I was like, that's cool, but it didn't really work. They couldn't, I guess they didn't get the right team on it. Gotcha. Or there was, there was a lot of criticism about it. It was 2008. Well, it was, but I guess they wanted the people that, I, the, the way I heard the story, and I could be completely wrong, was that the, the Benjamin Button team that, mm-hmm. that did Benjamin Button, which was amazing, was supposed to come on here, but by that point, there had been so many production delays that they'd lost the majority of the good guys. Mm. So they had to kind of, I guess they got the B team on it. Ouch. Anyway, it didn't work. And it didn't, unfortunately, it didn't even need to be that. They could have just had someone that looks like Jeff Bridges be that character or a completely different actor be that character. And I think it probably would have been okay. See, I, I go a different direction. I, I disagree. I don't think they could have just had a different actor. I think that they could have just changed the plot. So it didn't that, require well, That's what I, that's a what I meant, right? I, I mean, obviously, that he was supposed to be like a facsimile yeah, of. Yeah. And I think that, that that's important. Now, the one thing that I'll give Tron Legacy in that regard is that since it is, a, they're inside a computer, literally. Right. So I'm like, I'll give it that it's not. 
perfectly accurate and whatever. What was a little more off-putting to me was the Jeff Bridges stuff and the, like the flashback scenes and all yeah. of that. Because then when you see what's supposed to be Jeff Bridges' character in real life, yeah. and he looks exactly the same as the computer villain version, that's when it was like a little bit weird to me. And I feel like they could have cut that stuff out. See, I just feel like you know, I, I, I feel like we're just in Uncanny Valley, right? I feel like no matter what happens, we are going. We as human beings will never recognize that as real. It's just like not in our lifetime, at least, or not in the next twenty years. So, what do you do with the people who did think that Tarkin was real? You you line them all up outside. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, I, I, like, you can't do that on television. When that guy, the, the remember the, the the slime? No, the the the, the character, and you can't do that on television. That used to shoot everyone. It was like he was the executioner, and then some guy would run on and, and say like, "Stop the execution!" You guys don't. No, I don't. Think, I, for the record, I, I you can't do that. You can't do that on television. No, you can't do that on television. I loved as a kid, oh, but all I can remember is I the slime and the lockers because I was so young. I could tell that you were you're older than me. I know. I watch. I mean, I'm watching it in syndication. <laughs> though. Um, Sorry to interrupt. With Tarkin, I can understand. I mean, a lot of people did, uh, thought he was real, and that was great. It was done very, very well. Um, I still kind of feel the same way, right? I mean, I guess that that Peter Cushing's died a long time ago and hasn't been really in the public eye since. I mean, I, I can't remember him in other movies after you know A New Hope for the most part. Yeah. So you look at that and you're like, I guess that's sort of okay. But I mean, Carrie Fisher, everyone knows Carrie Fisher. Right. We just saw her in a film. You know, the documentary just came out with her and her mother. I just don't know if people are going to be able to see that as real and if it's not going to. Uh, hinder the process or hinder the actual final. So have they movie. set. So to bring everybody up to speed, episode eight is done. They said her it's scenes done. are done. Her scenes are shot. It's okay, done. and she's is she from what the report I heard read was or heard on Colin and Greg Live or Morning Show was the fact that uh, it's her stuff's done. It, she's not that big of a character, but she was supposed to be a big character in episode, in episode nine. Nine, yeah. Okay. So and you want? I mean, obviously they're they're talking about you know some of the things that people are speculating about is obviously she has to have some sort of scene with kylo ren some yeah. sort of scene with luke some sort of scene with with ray you know she's she's the leader of the Re- the rebel alliance or whatever they're calling it now the the 40 year uh t- team of people who really haven't been able to beat the fucking empire in 30 years um so, so <laughs> i love you so much nick well, you know what i mean it's yeah, like, i know what you mean you know exactly i know what you're talking mean. about People have been around doing the exact same thing. Maybe it's time to change your fucking tactics a little bit. Okay, they're both doing a pretty, pretty good job considering. Nah, I got they're all how the they let this smoke guy get in, cut by a you know a thousand death by a thousand cuts. Exactly. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, but but it's disconcerting. What do you do? Obviously, that they're they're up against a conundrum. No, this is what I lovingly refer to as the Fast and Furious Six conundrum, right? Or Seven, excuse seven. me, conundrum. Um, is that you don't? What do you do? What do you do? You can't not you, make the movie. You do that. I I, I think that there is a for, tasteful way to do it. But you don't they, agree? No. You thought the end of Fast and Furious Seven wasn't? I think we're talking about apples and oranges here. I think the fact if this was Episode Eight. And she was a main character there, and okay, fuck, we have to fill in a few holes like uh-huh. they did with Fast 7, right? I know yeah. we just said this, but anyways, because yeah. Paul Walker stuff, a lot of it was shot, not all of it, so then these body bottles and computers and stuff. Okay, I'm talking about the end of Fury 7, okay. specifically, where they did the actual sure. You think you show. go away without saying goodbye, did you? Yeah. Ah. I think it's a case-by-case situation where it comes down to, is it about the actor or is it about the character? And I yeah. think that in the case of Fast and Furious, that was a send-off of the character, but the reason they did the facial reconstruction stuff was to honor him, to honor Paul sure. Walker. Yes. And his, you so know, where does that leave us with Carrie, though? Because she, this is not a, this is not to honor her. This is because, fuck, we have a exactly. movie to make. And I think that that's a totally different, totally different scenario. When it comes to Tarkin, Tarkin, we've seen him in Rebels. We've seen him in a whole bunch of other... Um, 
forms of media of Star right. Wars. And I think Star Wars is something where these characters are the characters. And be, him, seeing him as much as we did in Rogue One, I, like I said in the review, thought unnecessary. They could have like kept it a little bit more cutty. But they obviously doubled down on it because they knew that this type of stuff was going to happen eventually. And they, they need people to just get used to the, the fact that these characters are, they have storylines and those storylines are not going to change based on reality. But so so prior to this, right, one of the more more famous instances of this happening was Dumbledore dies. Mm-hmm. The actors mm-hmm. played Dumbledore in the first <laughs> two Harry Potter films uh, passes away. They don't have a choice. They can't do five more movies or yeah. six more movies with uh, with CG. So they have to recast him. Right. And end up, everyone ends up, you know, it's, it's divisive. But people got used to the new Dumbledore and he went on. Um, don't we feel like it's a little exploitative, exploitive, exploitative? You're exploiting the dead actor a little you're bit. Right. Do you feel that way? You know no, what I mean? Don't I don't think I don't think it's that. The, the situation you're talking about with um, with Dumbledore is similar to the moms in Fresh Prince. Yes. Or of course the last Except season of Family Viv, Matters. And Viv didn't die. No, and Viv didn't die. Viv just got shit canned. No, they just they had some sort of disagreement in, right. in some sort of way. I'm with Tim that I think with, with Tarkin specifically that I thought, uh, hey, well, let me back up to what you said. Where, well, because I've, I've seen some people being like, I was with someone or I thought Tarkin was real. And I'm like, a new hope was made in 1977. Mm-hmm. Peter Cushing looks exactly the same in this movie in 2016 mm-hmm. that he looks like in 1977. You thought that was a real man. Okay, beyond that well, particular. The point, the point there is I'm sure those people, people just didn't don't realize that that character is, yeah. was in A New Hope. But how is that possible? I mean, I think it's casual Star Wars fans who yeah. okay, don't, so, don't understand the. So who like my Tarkin wife, is. for instance, like, oh, I, you know that I, I didn't know that guy wasn't real. But she doesn't. I, but I looked at him. I don't know anything about technology, as everyone knows, right? Don't care. Not really interested in it. Right. I looked at Tarkin immediately, and maybe it's because I know Star Wars very intimately, and maybe it's because I know Tarkin, and maybe it didn't look real at all. Like, like to me, like I'm like you can that can pass, I guess. But and that's as good as it gets. It is kind of like an, I was going to bring up the Uncanny Valley. It isn't technically the Uncanny Valley for people out there. I want to be nerdy. It's not at all, but. Because uh, that's like about how robots become so realistic that they actually don't look real anymore. But it's a, it's the, a term people use. For no, no, I know. It's similar to like Occam's sure. Razor, how we use that yeah. term, where the simplest explanation tends to be the right one, but it's not really what it means. The the thing about Leia that kind of bothered me. So with Tarkin, I agree with Tim, where they should have they could have cast a, a normal person and just showed him from the back. And when they showed the reflection of Tarkin on the window, that's as far as they should have went. And I thought that that was really cool. And I thought that's what we were going to get. And I was surprised immediately thereafter, not in the next scene, but immediately thereafter they show him. And I'm like, ah. This this that seemed to me something that George Lucas would do, right? And yeah. I didn't expect like you know with his obsession with you know the fucking fakeness of the ep- episode one through three, which I and I spoke about how I went back and looked at those. Those look awful now, man. They just look terrible. When I was watching episode two in 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 uh, Mexico, I'm episode, sorry. it looks awful, and it just still it's even worse. That's why I tweeted. It's even worse than I remember. That was <laughs> that was how I was like, okay, it can't possibly be any worse than I remember. And then I got to the sand scene and the Boba Fett, and I was like, no. the Boba, the Leia thing. I thought was an unforced error because Leia looked way worse than Tarkin. First of all, and second of all, they could have just showed her putting her hood on from the back. It's it, I don't understand like why they forced. Yeah, I don't know. This this particular thing made it worth it. made it a awesome. te- made a, it, but it would have been cooler. It's the same argument I made. I know it's redundant to people where they should have never showed Luke at the end of seven. You know, like they should have just had that thing whirling around the guy in the hood because you know who it is, or at least you think you know who it is. And with that iconic, those buns and that iconic white cloak, 
on the on the Carillion Corvette with the codes. It would have just been awesome if she just put her hood up and interacted with R2 in some way, and that was the end. They didn't need to show her. It seemed to me to be something, particularly with Leia, where I'm like, that just caused you unnecessary problems. I think you can make plot and narrative uh, arguments of why Tarkin needed to be an X, Y, and Z, and that's fine, and we can have those arguments, but the Leia thing I felt like was totally unnecessary, especially that's because here, I don't there, think yeah. I don't think it looked good. Like that, See, my, the, that was jarring to me. Like Tarkin, I thought looked way better, but See, I, again, the longer I have they had it, they, the more they gave us of Tarkin, the more you got to get hung up on the fact of oh shit. Because I remember when he originally when it is the glass, you I remember you being next to me going what. And then it was, oh, okay. And the more we got used to it, it was like, oh, well, this is why it doesn't look real and that doesn't look real and blah, blah, blah. And Leia was, great, I thought, great because it was just hope, doom, boom, doom, and the place went crazy and everybody everybody was yelling and screaming. And like, it was like that one quick moment. It was, I didn't get a chance to linger. I haven't, you know, gone back and looked at screenshots of it or anything. I, I'm with Colin a little bit on this one in that, in, and there's, it's sort of the trend in filmmaking now. Before you used to, if you, if you wanted to hold suspense or if you wanted to, you know, have some sort of mechanism you would use, you would see her maybe... You know, turn a little bit. You'd see maybe a three-quarter profile, something like that, but still shrouded by the hood, right? Something, something that just said, okay, that you're giving it a little bit. Right now, we're getting 110 percent all the time with Star Wars and with Marvel in specific. Like they just they figured it out. They're like, that's what the audiences want. Let's give them 110 percent. And so I'm with you. I don't think we should have seen her face because we knew who that was. We see her from behind, her putting a hood on, and then like turning a little bit. We would have gotten it. It would have been the exact same thing. But I think they wanted to make sure that. Everyone and their mother really knew who that person was, and I'm with you too. It kind of took me out of it a little bit, especially coming off of that amazing scene with uh, with Vader. Vader right before that. I'm like, holy shit! They just knocked that out of the park. That's like the best thing Star Wars like I've ever seen in Star Wars. And then you get to that, I'm like, oh, you, you didn't. Not that I, I didn't mind it because I'm with him too. I, I was kind of like, all right, I'll take it, and I clapped. But I did, upon you know reflecting on it, like you look back, like it wasn't necessary. It didn't need to be there. It kind of felt a little fan fairy like. You were just kind of, you know, I don't know. It just, it just seemed though. weird to me. Like, I don't, I don't know. It was it, the, my big take because I really thought Rogue One was fantastic. There's a significant plot problem as we talked that I can't get over as we talked about in the, uh, in the spoiler cast, which people can go listen to, which I won't rehash here just in case I don't want to get too deep into the spoilers. But that was the only other thing about the movie that I thought was a miss, like a complete miss was, sure. was Tarkin and Leia. Um, Otherwise, I don't know that like I, I don't know that it can get much better than that either. I mean, because when I was looking at it and thinking about it, I'm like, this is a pretty advanced this is pretty advanced technology. I mean, right. no, no, no one's doing. They're, not, they're 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 attracting the best talent, and they have the best technology in order to do this. So I don't know how much better it can possibly be than that. I thought it was very lifelike and very real. But you just see, if I went in and didn't know who Tarkin was, if it was like Grandma, or if it was like Grand Admiral Thrawn or something, and they and they decided to, they wouldn't need to do this. But if they were just, in other words, a character that we saw or we knew about from Timothy's on book covers or something, but we never saw outside of a video game or a book or whatever. And then they did that. And I didn't really know that character was, was fake to begin with. And then I looked quickly. I'd probably would have thought Tarkin was real, but immediately I'm like, that's not, it's not possible. And therefore it took me out. And I can't imagine that most people don't feel that way because it just was a a huge disconnect. And I feel like there's something powerful in, in storytelling about leaving something to the imagination, even if you know what the person is and, seeing Leia interface with her back turned with R2 or something like that, or just getting the the, the chip after that very frenetic scene, which was fucking awesome with Vader Mm -hmm. as they tie a new hope to rogue one intimately and directly just seemed like a big miss. And I, so I don't, I don't like it. I I don't, I don't like seeing that kind of stuff, but it ties back to old star Wars. What do you want to do then everybody with episode nine is the question. They got to write around eight. Like they, they have to write her out and either it to be either at the end of eight or the beginning of nine. And my thought is, can they not use with some clever, voiceover and some clever editing scenery or shots they already have. Well, that's what they'll do. I mean, that's what they did in 
Fast and Furious 7. Yeah, that's what Paul Walker. And it won't be great. I mean, that's my problem is I I hope they don't do what they did with Furious 7. And again, very different situations. They finished shooting 8, whereas with Furious 7, they were not even halfway done shooting it. So they had to completely rewrite the script and completely change things up. I think with Star Wars, like they need to kind of just go forward with what the plan was. Like, whatever Leia was going to do in 9, and we don't know. All these reports and all these things coming out, they are the most rumor of rumor. Who the hell knows if she has interactions with these characters or whatever? Who knows what happens to her in 8? Like, they're not... Nobody um, that's working on 8 is publicly putting out there, like, oh, man, we need to figure out what we're doing in 9 because that implies she makes it through 8 in the original cut of it or whatever. That was my problem with the rumors, too. That That's why it didn't make any sense. It seemed to belie too much like i mean i just i don't trust it and i mean i would assume she makes it through eight but who knows and i also think that there she's not going to be in enough scenes for it to really matter i think that as we saw with episode seven they're not trying to force these things down our throats i think that han was uh the most used most on-camera character that we're familiar with for a reason like they they knew they were getting rid of him and it was totally uh yo this is the tie back to the originals and they we, they needed that to do the carbon copy movie that that is or whatever and to to make that happen but going forward i really don't think we're going to see too much of of her if i think that luke's character is going to be way more prominently featured so we need to, we need to protect mark hamill at all costs well i mean I, not to make i mean it's kind of it's kind of you know dark comedy i guess but it's like you would have expected harrison four would have been one of the to eat shit at some point because of the plane crash, plane crash. and just the, 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 the foot getting eaten by the millennium falcon to be against him and <laughs> And you you wouldn't have expected you know Carrie Fisher being somewhat young by modern standards, 60, actually right? quite quite young. I don't even think I don't even think she was in her. I think she was. I think she was sixty on the nose. Oh, yeah. she was in her fifty. Oh, maybe, maybe yeah. And then Mark Hamill, obviously. I feel like uh, my my theory was always she was going to die in this one. And I wonder and I wonder if that if there's any truth to that because I, I always assume they were going to you know after Han dies in seven, which I didn't expect actually, and I was kind of sad to see that because I was kind of hoping to see you know him begrudgingly play Han Harrison Han Solo for another film I like he maybe that. maybe he wanted to be there for that for episode eight I thought but anything, episode I thought but, anything was gonna be the opposite way around I thought they would they would kill Leia off well that. I thought I thought well, I think Luke's gonna obviously die so but I think that they'll do that at the end and so Leia is then you know the other one that would you know I feel like they're just gonna they have to get rid of these characters in some way in order to yeah. for everyone to a new generation to move on beyond this new trilogy but I mean, it's all conjecture. As Tim was saying, like, we don't really know. Although a lot of the rumors, you know, to, to, to be fair to the other side or to another side, a lot of the rumors that were coming out about Star Wars were, were they were true, you know, and and uh, not all of them, but a lot of them were. Remember, I remember the earliest rumors about Episode Seven was that about how Luke had gone missing, and that and like no one knew what that meant. And it was true. It's the first yeah. word and first line in the in the crawl, if I remember correctly. Well, so I mean, but this so so so, so how do you react to Episode Eight? She she lives. And then in episode nine, we have to get a CG version of her. So that's where this gets really interesting, I think, going back to what I was saying about the there's the difference between honoring the actor and honoring the story. And I think that this is a one of the, the most complicated of those issues because you do need to honor her death in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just I hope that that doesn't get in the way of the story of what these movies can be, because then it's, it's just it's kind of like um, Batman with the Joker, right? Heath Ledger dying, it's like, they, how are they going to uh, go about that? And it, it's complicated because it's very similar to this where he shot everything for Dark Knight, didn't even start Dark Knight Rises. So that completely changed what Dark Knight Rises is. And I think that because of this, it might completely change what episode nine is. But I don't think so. I think that they will find clever ways to uh, write her out of the story in a way that gives her a send off kind of like Fast and Furious. But I think it'll be better because they haven't shot half of episode nine already. You know, so they can reroute in a way that really makes sense instead of 
kind of makes sense. You know? Yeah. The problem is shooting at this in the dark, not knowing what episode eight is, right? Because if it is that she's a main character there and she hasn't had an, a run-in with Kylo, she hasn't had a run-in with Luke, the, the, that doesn't happen in eight. And that is something, obviously, that needs to happen in this series in episode nine for the, the end of their part. I mean, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility recast. Yeah, I know I that's fucking crazy. I know that's insane. But I mean, they can't. I mean, you can't. We all know what Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia look like. And so to have it be the CG version that just everybody's going to walk out and be like, it was close, but it was weird. And, and it wasn't. you have to get someone to do her voice, right? Like you have to have an impersonator do her voice because you don't have that like synthesized. I'm with Greg. I, th- I think like, and I'm sure people are sitting in a room right now probably still discussing this, but I think you recast and I think you even go as far as to sh- reshoot her scenes in episode eight. Like, wow. why not? That's what I was thinking too. If you are going to recast, I think, I think recasting, recast, do it now. Like get that's it done ridiculous. now. See, that doesn't make any sense. Give her at least her last hurrah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying like, like it was, it was jarring with Dumbledore. Right. And so, and it, especially if that character is not going to die, if you're going to use that, if, if you are continue going to continue to use that character, which is, she's the leader of the resistance. And you would, you would imagine like she goes on to lead whatever the else, whatever is happening with the empire or whatnot. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think you, I don't think it's beyond uh, the realm of craziness to say like bring in another actor who can do that justice who we all would love and let's see let's see it happen because I mean oh, imagine, no, look if this has happened in the eighties imagine if if midway through Empire Strikes Back Carrie Fisher had an accident and died they would have had to recast right there's no choice that well, just, they just that's would have they would have changed the plot you know that's I mean Luke too. Luke got no or, or Mark Hamill got no catastrophic accident in between. The New Hope and Empire, and that's why they wrote in the scar and his, that he has on his face from the accident with the Wampa and stuff. I think that was written specifically to to make room for that. And I think the and that that scene obviously is fucking iconic with the lightsaber and the snow and stuff. But uh, I'm I'm I disagree in the sense that I don't think they should be re- recast. I agree that if it, they're going to recast, or they need to do it now uh, to make it less jarring. There is a point Tim is making, which I think is very interesting, that you have to kind of. There's gonna be there's gonna be fan reactions either way yeah. that are gonna be positive and negative I think and probably mostly negative if you do something like that I think the answer is to kill her in episode eight like to go back and rewrite it so mm. you don't have to worry about episode nine and just put her on a fucking ship and she's just on or she's on a ship and just gets blown up that's the end you know like and you can have a very you can have a callback to a new hope when Tar when I love that scene of Tarkin when they show him for a second as the as the Death Star is blowing up or whatever mm. you know and it's like. Like they can do a similar thing like that and just show, you know, have a scene of her just showing her yeah. face and, and alter it that way. I think that they have got to have got been have gotten rid of that character by episode nine. Like yeah, I, I don't, I, just, I don't think you can, and I don't know that she's that integral to the to the, to the plot anyway. It's they're trying to not make it about them ultimately. I think that's why the uh, uh, Force Awakens was such a carbon copy of a New Hope is to get everyone comfortable with sure. the fact that it shouldn't probably sure. be, you know, because if episode eight is like Empire, that's a huge problem. I mean, and and I hope that it's, I hope that, that that's not the case. Shooting Empire's in the dark, Empire. doing all these different things, right? Like I think I, I mean as an outside of Star Wars, but just knowing how films go and how the Star Wars stories go, like Kylo Loren gets his uh, fucking redemption at the end of this, right? And I think the redemption would come from Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, or, you know, General Leia, holding him as he dies. You know what I mean? And he has, it's the reverse where she's Luke and he's Vader, and it's that thing of, I was wrong, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry, I killed Dad. He won't say that, obviously, but that's what's being communicated in that moment. And so I feel like, if they're if that was where we were going to episode nine, then I think you have to drastically redo it, and I think that then means drastically redoing what the relationship with Luke is, because now Luke has to be that parental figure to get those moments and get those scenes, and then I want that changes. I think if Luke dies at the end as well, then or you know, because I, I I agree that Luke would have to die in all this <laughs> and, and the way it originally played yeah, out, definitely. But die. I just don't feel like there's an anchor to this story then, or where where his redemption comes from. It can't be him talking to Ray unless they are. 
not even i mean i think they're related right like that's what we all take away from force awakens but i don't think they're gonna be related to the fact that that's gonna matter that like they're talking and hanging out i think there's so many options out there and i think that there's been so much thought put into what these movies are and whether they're going and not only these movies but star wars as a whole as a franchise and i what i don't want to happen is for them to be reactionary to this type of stuff and i want them to be stay true to what the vision is and understand understandably they're gonna need to make some changes because if she was a prominent feature she's not going to be as prominent but i think tarkin's example of them being like nah she will be we're going to figure that out tarkin being in rebels he's tarkin and the reason tarkin they did that and they went so far and they didn't just do the reflections is because they're like this is the character and this is what we're doing and i think that but see with tarkin, episode but eight again, nine tarkin, though, be the like, same thing tarkin's another one of those perfect examples they could have literally recast that there's yeah, like but, all the hardcore people would have been like okay that guy's tarkin now i get it like they did it with uh what's her name uh the redhead mon mothra mothma mon mothma yeah. mon mothma right mothman I just, I think it's, I just, there's some part of me that's just irked by this, right? Where you're just suddenly allowed to recreate the exact look of a human being that you would have had to pay for this. I'm sure they had to pay his estate for it, right? But like, he doesn't get a say as to whether or not he gets to be in this movie. Like, there's just, it's kind of the same feeling I got when I heard that George Lucas was just going to say, fuck it and make everything like in his brain, he wanted to make everything CG, right? He even has that. I think it's a famous quote that he said could be making this up too, where he was like, if I could, I'd make everything CG, even the actors, right? Because that's what he wanted. I think it's just, where do we draw the line of saying like, look, at a certain point, these are fucking human beings. You can't just use Carrie Fisher's likeness forever and keep putting her in movies because. Like, yeah, but I mean, there's I don't, just a line that has to be I drawn, don't right? think even that's like what we're dealing with. I think the... I think you get away with it if you if that's what they wanted to do and like episode eight we're doing that it wouldn't just be by contract to do episode nine. Not as even well, that. So I mean, that. I don't even think it would be seen as like you're you know exploiting her or her estate or her memories. She would. This is the end of Princess Leia's story for the most sure. part, right? Like this is where Leia's journey was going to end. We are we're what Jesus Christ five sixths of the way there. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this was what it was supposed to be in terms of what the vision of star Wars was. And we want to honor her by doing that. And that's the, even with grand M- M- Tar- Tarkin, right? And the fact that, all right, we need him for this one thing and it's a cool throwback for the audience and for him. And he has been in rebels and there's this, but again, he's been in rebels. The character's been in rebels, not the actor. Right, right. Peter yeah, Cushing's but the, did but not in rebels. He looks like that guy. Sure. In but- CG. You could have cast an actor that looked like him, and actually didn't even need to look like him. Like these people are actors. Like again, it's I, I, I call the call back to Dumbledore. Like, yes, they bring a different vibe, they bring a different sense of the in, as far as their sensibility is concerned. But that character wasn't so pivotal of the plot that it had to look like Peter Cushing's. It was just kind of. It almost feels kind of gross when you think about it, right? Like, it's a very interesting philosophical question that I had not weird. really considered. Like, well, that I think next, why don't they put Elvis Presley in a movie? <clears throat> why not, right? I mean, it's Elvis Presley, he's been dead for a while. No one's going to care. It's Elvis Presley. But like, I think it's a contractual thing. I do think that like going forward in movies, this is just the reality of where we're at. These people need to, in the contracts, it needs to say it's a, this many I'm movie sure does. deal. And I mean, what about toys? What about like, it's hard where do you draw the line? Because if your likeness is used for every single thing, whether it's comics or toys or video games or this or that, like it, what's tarnishing their, their, you know, whatever likeness. And that's the interesting thing. You brought up uh, bright lights, the Debbie Reynolds, Carrie Fisher Mm -hmm. documentary. I watched it on HBO and then right afterwards it recommended wishful drinking the Carrie Fisher one woman show or whatever. And I never seen it. So I popped it in there. And of course she talks with broad strokes about all manner of things, but she says that George Lucas owns her likeness. And so I don't know if that was 100% correct, if that was just That's what I was going to say was that some of the actors famously did fight for their likeness rights in the movie and some didn't, which is why, I don't want to say Carrie Fisher was never destitute, but like I think Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill made an extraordinary amount of money compared to her. 
um, and probably others. And, the, and it's possible. Peter Cushing was actually an OG, pretty po- fit, popular, <clears throat> famous actor. I don't know if the, he fought for his rights. It could be some. There could be some minutia, but it doesn't. Oh, I mean, I, 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 but it doesn't. It doesn't negate I, what I'm you're sure, saying. I'm I think sure they have full rights to use this, by the way. Because I'm not I think accusing it's Disney um, or, or Lucas. Of, like, I know. Yeah, they're just running away. Like, what are you doing? No, I know. I doubt this is all in the up and up. No, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, I still think, regardless of, of the, the legality, I still think there is an interesting philosophical question. Because you're right. It's like Elvis died. What in the fucking late '70s or something? Yeah. It's like. Yeah, why not just bring Elvis back? You know, and it's so I agree that there's there's something to be said about that, but they're they're in between a rock and a hard place, and they have to figure this out. And I'm sure that they're not. It's not going to be an easy solution, you know. Like I, I really do think dollars to donuts. I think they rewrite parts of eight, and then they have to rewrite. Obviously, you're going to have to rewrite a lot of nine, but I think that they're going to have to solve this problem now, and uh, and it's a it's a big problem. It's a sad problem, you know. I don't think anyone anticipated. I remember when I read about the news and then there was all this conflicting stuff on the Hollywood reporter and whatnot about, well, the son says she's in stable condition and all this kind of stuff. And because immediately, you know, I remember when, I mean, it's, it's a sad, but when you only have the connection to these people as their actors and as their right. characters, I remember when Harrison Ford got into that fucking plane accident. You're I was like, like well, no. that's great. You know, like indie and, and you know, the possibility of some sort of Indiana Jones thing happening, maybe with him, maybe with not. And then obviously Han Solo's return and, and I was seven, you get worried about these kinds of things. And that's immediately where my mind went to with her too, where I was like, well, it sounds like she's fine. So we don't have to worry about that. And I also watched catastrophe, which was when she was the last thing she filmed. So it's, uh, it's sad to, to hear, but I, I hope that they solve. And I think they can solve it in a very tasteful way. Um, and I think the best way you give ode to her is to dedicate the movie to her. You know, oh, that, that's yeah. going to happen for sure. And yeah, I think that I guarantee that's you at the end of it. It'll say whatever. I think that that's important. You're just for Carrie Fisher. Or whatever. Sure. And I, and, and so, yeah, but I, I agree with you. And I, my hope is that they don't belabor this because I just, the technology between what we saw in rogue one and eight, and nine and the years passing are not going to make it any more believable. Leia didn't look right in episode in rogue one. And it's not, it's just not going to be right to have like I mean, an look, animatronic fucking Leia walking around. Yeah. The technology is obviously it's come a long way. Like it fool. It did fool a lot of people. And in the last, like what I think Tron came out, what, like six years ago, 2008, right? 2008. Yeah. 2010, so six, so seven years ago almost. Um, it's conceivable in the next ten years they'll be able to do it. They'll be able to get it to the point where you really can't like only the trained eye can really tell. But the question still is like, should they? Like, should they be doing this? You know, I know that's what that's what I grapple with. Tim, yes. What's your topic? I want to talk about fast food mascots. Yeah, you do. So on uh, the kind of funny morning show, at some point we were discussing this because I don't remember how it came up. Yeah, you were internet exploring as you yes, two do. And that's you were, what it was. You, you queued up a yeah video. We we found the rad anthem by a musical artist called Rad Omen. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen this before, stop what you're doing. It's pretty YouTube amazing it right now. It's a, a video of Ronald McDonald, the Colonel, the King, and Jack going out to party for a night mm. and it's it's they end up at a strip club wendy's there it's a whole it's a whole shenanigan yeah, there's a lot of cocaine pole. involved a lot it's of cocaine very graphic very ridiculous a lot of butts in this video mm-hmm. um so it, it kind of sparked a thought in my mind of what who is the the best fast food mascot who deserves a shout out and who who are the ones that we don't think about does does the bell from there. taco bell count no. no, but the Chihuahua, the Chihuahua does. does. The Chihuahua does. Ooh. So what Yo I did, Carrero. I I found a list online of the best fast food mascots. Okay, okay. and I, I want to kind of go through that as a starting point, so okay. we can see what we see, think okay. about okay. about all okay. these. The first one on the list are the Sponge Monkeys. Don't know who they are. The Sponge Monkeys, Kev. Can we get the picture of them? 
Those are the sponge monkeys. No, 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 no. Sponge monkeys from Quiznos Sup. Now, Greg, you got a story about these guys. Should I phone call Poe in, you think, for this one? I think you just tell it. So everybody knows Poe, my friend from my best friend from back in Chicago. The deal was that the sponge monkeys, the Quizno sub fucking motherfuckers, who eat Quizno subs with those damn commercials, <laughs> they came around and this happened in college times. Mm-hmm. And Poe hated this commercial so much that he infamously swore off ever going into a Quizno sub again. And it, was, it would be the, the they'd be having a party and this fucking commercial would come on. He would run over and turn off the TV. He would yank the power cord out of the wall. He didn't want to hear these fucking sponge monkeys at for one goddamn second. Right. And to Poe, I mean, to his credit, he legitimately full on fucking committed to this. He lived by it. Where he was out with a girl he liked at one point, and she's like, I'm going to stop at Quiznos. And he's like, all right, I'm going to wait outside. And it was Minnesota. It's freezing cold. I'm going to wait outside. And she's like, well, why don't you just come in? And if you're not going to eat, he's like, no, nah, this whole thing with this commercial, I won't go into Quiznos sub anymore. <laughs> and she's like, really? And he's like, yeah. And he just stood outside in the cold while she went in to get this thing. And he always... He calls out the fact that it, 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 more people are on his side because Quiznos did tank afterwards. Like their stock really did go down. Like <laughs> yeah, this they was expanded. This was a huge problem in terms of everything. But yeah, these sponge <laughs> like monkeys equates the sponge monkeys to their failure. Because he thinks, which, honestly, I'm pretty sure if anything, they just made Quiznos relevant. I mean, they made it relevant. In the fact you all talked about hating it, but I mean, I guess that's the thing of any publicity. Any publicity is not bad publicity. It's but I mean, me that he's playing a guitar left-handed too. It, well, I mean, also that like, why would you use these things that look like rats? <laughs> fucked up. They look like fucked up rats. They like it got mutated and they're eating at Quiznos subs. They're going yeah. inside Quiznos. See, yeah. I don't want to eat where these like things the are. It was like the birth of internet culture at that time. And I think that these these are very representative of the kind of early flash animation comedy that we got back in those days. Sure. And this is Madison Avenue trying to come in and think they understand memes. I understand. What yeah. You're saying, and I, but mean, it I think they I, I don't know that it backfired. I, I didn't know what Quiznos was until these guys. Did it make you go to a Quiznos? I mean, it did. I mean, I was then like, oh shit! I, I loved Quiznos. I loved Quiznos. I still love Quiznos. I don't. I haven't seen one in a long time. There was one in Northeastern, but it wasn't there when we went back. Five Guys is where Quiznos. Five Guys, was. no mascot. Don't need it. Peanut. Peanuts. Peanuts the on the ground. Goddamn peanuts. <laughs> don't need it. The mascot is that it's better than everything else. That's the mascot. Next. Next. Next up. Oh. Wait, what do you like? <clears throat> Compo. No, I'm looking more. I want to know more about the sponge monkeys. Sponge monkeys. Slate's got it here. I barely remember these things. Really? They had a whole bunch of commercials with really annoying songs. And then everybody jumped and latched onto it and did similar things. Like Blockbuster Video had their little, the hamsters that sang. Everyone was dying doing the same thing. Yeah. Mm. Here we are. You got to evolve. You got to evolve. You can't just follow. You know what I mean? So speaking of evolving, we got Grimace. Uh, Fuck yeah, Grimace. Grimace is the G, dude. What the hell? Like, it's Grimace, man. Who? Who? What is it? Grimace, can we can we get a bigger picture of Grimace, please? No. Kevin says no. We can't okay, make, it, make it happen. Can you just Maybe command just plus plus on the type in Grimace in Google and see what control? There's a thing called a search engine. You can have you heard of there Yahoo? We go. <laughs> have you heard of Altababa? Whatever there we go. your name is. Altababa. Oh, is that Yahoo? Yeah. yeah. So who? Of the end of them. <laughs> what do you think was like God. the design choice behind Grimace? Uh, as a kid. First off, <laughs> as a kid, I loved Grimace. Yeah, everyone loved Grimace. Because he he's the one who was usually at a McDonald's. You'd go to McDonald's and there'd fucking be some idiot. Dr- I mean, you didn't know. You thought really? it was just Grimace out there. You, yeah. you saw people dressed up? I never yeah, saw it. Oh, I never my saw God. In the suburban the Chicago McDonald's. He was Coast. out there waving you in sometimes to go in the drive-thru and all this shit. And he was just cuddly. You Sounds like you were having fucking acid cuddly. flashbacks. When you could like hug him because he was soft. He was cute. He was uh-huh. he was big and slow like me. <laughs> there was a lot for me to like. He is he. 
What Grimace is, is he is what the McDonald's board pictures as their customer. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. a giant, lumbering, fat fucking triangle <laughs> waddling into the store to eat a Big Mac. Man, nah, Grimace was a... He was something special. I mean, Grimace is a, I mean, uh, Grimace is a punk ass bitch. Let's be what? honest about that. Like the, Whoa, the one, the, shots fired, the, 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 thank you, Kevin. He's a punk ass bitch. And the, the, the only bold McDonald's mascot that's there is Ronald McDonald because Hamburg? he's horrifying. And that's the, and that see Grimace is too vanilla because he comes from a time. You telling me that that thing ain't horrifying. No, <laughs> that thing comes from a design boardroom in the sixties where they're like, what can we, how can we make the simplest suit? Yeah. Sure triangular purple man with eyes <laughs> and a big ass mouth that we can put cheeseburgers in. He doesn't even have can a I, grimace on his face. I really. want to read a little bit about grimace because it He's turns out his, his story, it sounds way more interesting Let's before he got fucking neutered over here by the okay. McDonald's corporation. Okay. Grimace, a large purple, this is from Wikipedia, a large purple monster-like character who was first introduced in November 1971 as Evil Grimace. In Grimace's first three appearances, he was depicted with two pairs of arms in which to steal milkshakes. Evil was soon dropped from Grimace's name, and Grimace was reintroduced in 1972 as one of the good guys. There you go. Well, his name is Grimace. I never really thought about that. Like... It's an interesting kind of ode to that that origin story. See, I don't... Hamburglar's the dude, too, but... but, but, I mean, like, McDonald's had actually a lot of interest... They they had a McDonald's cinematic universe. We had Fry Guys... Mayor McCheese? Yeah, Mayor McCheese. Was he ever well, elected? We got Mayor McCheese. <laughs> I don't know, but he we was a great... Mayor here. But Kev, can you he bring was a great Jesus, look at the other image. Like he was a great slide. He's one of the group images. Did you ever go to the play place? He, he was a good slide. You could sl- climb up in his thing. I don't, and I, it's I don't a group remember voting for him. I, I, first of all, I never voted for Mayor McCheese in this in this race. But second of all, I when I at seven go. or eight years old, okay. when I or not even when I realized what was going on in that ball pit, I'm like, I can't ever yeah, go yeah, in this yeah, thing yeah, again. Yeah. So we got the cinematic universe here, yeah. right? Okay. Oh, Birdie, I forgot about we got Birdie. Birdie over there. Oh yeah, she's kind of been out of it for a while, huh? She's out of the game. I don't see her. They need to go back to this, man. <laughs> they got to go back to this for their marketing. Who's the guy with the the fucking Hulk Hogan mustache? Uh, that's the, Captain the Crook. Captain Crook? Crook. Oh, so him and Hamburglar, they homies? The, pi- the pirate captain who first appeared in July 1970, unofficial debut of McDonald's. Oh, no, no. Land. So he's the one on the right. I'm talking about the guy that looks like he's a doctor. About to play oh. Scott oh. Scotty. That's the professor. A bearded scientist type him. character in a lab coat. He was introduced in 1971 and served as McDonald's local inventor and researcher. In the 1970s, he was a minor character who rarely spoke. Around the 1980s, the professor was a major character and he was redesigned, include a light bulb topped helmet really? and a mustache remember. with his hair changing from brown to white. Birdie, I did. Now, what's what going the, on with the, the fry the people? Pom-poms? Yeah. The fry, the fry, fry guys. guys. Oh, the fry guys. Or fry kids. Fry kids. Fry, fry kids. kids. The fry okay. kids were created to promote McDonald's french fries. When they first appeared in 1972, they were called goblins. <laughs> <laughs> and like to steal and gobble up the other characters for oh, fries. Oh, goblins! Like, Accompany- oh. Yeah. A company uh, accompanying them was the uh, "Keep Your Eyes on Your Fries" jingle, which I never heard. Their name. Who's was the changed. treasure chest with the cheeseburgers in it? Or is that? Oh my god! I forgot about them. Is or is that or is that where Hamburglar puts his stash? <laughs> his fucking pirate friend. What was his name? Captain Crook. Captain Crook. Captain Crook. Man. The hamburger patch first appeared in 1973 and was part of McDonald McDonald Land, where McDonald's hamburgers grew like fruit on plants Jesus. from the hamburger patch. Even though hamburgers in McDonald Land right. were anamorphi- anamorphosized and spoke, they were picked by characters such as Ronald McDonald and the hamburger for consumption. <laughs> <laughs> but All let's, right. But let's focus, if we might, on Ronald McDonald himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because... Ronald McDonald, see, the reason why Ronald McDonald's one of the G's is because he's fucking horrifying. Yeah. Just 
Tim, Tim Curry really nailed him in that Stephen King terrifying. movie. Just look at him. Look at it. You want to see me. that walking into McDonald's? That thing used to horrify me. There was at the McDonald's on Long Island where I used to go. There was and they're probably everywhere. I think I've seen him elsewhere. It's like you know him you on the bench. Yeah, him yeah, on the, yeah, yeah, Him yeah. on the bench, yeah. and he's like sitting, and I'm like. I, if I sit down, it's like a beginning of a horror movie. He yeah. comes to life, grabs yeah. you. Yeah. Holy That's shit. I feel like McDonald's was really trying their best to make clowns friendly and not scary. Yeah. And I, I'm and not failed. sure it totally works. It's an abject <laughs> failure. No, I feel like that's the thing you see, right? Like when you wake up from a day is not knowing where you're at and you're strapped to a table in some dungeon and that thing comes Would you out. like to play a game? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just his logo, isn't it? I forgot about these guys who were the, the, the Happy Meal gang, a hamburger, fries, and regular mm. size soft drink combination that was introduced in 1984. I remember the, those toys. The group was later joined by the McNugget Buddies. I forgot about those. I had them. You put a little police hat on them, a yeah. little police belt on them. Jesus, I remember those toys. Man, this was a whole thing. All right, Kev, go back to the, the it's list. It's so insidious. It's so direct marketing just to children. Yeah, I think it's changed. I, I mean, hey, shout out to McDonald's. You'll kind of see the evolution in some of this I stuff. haven't seen the birdie girl in a long time. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like... I feel, even, like, I feel like I don't even see Ronald McDonald that much anymore. Ronald's still kicking. Which one was that guy's name? But is he mayor, just going to children's cheese. hospitals or is he in the yeah, store? The unelected lifetime mayor of McDonald land. Yeah. Not <laughs> duly democratically elected at all. I want to see the ballots. Also, that dude is definitely smoking crack. Oh, is that Jolly Bee coming up next? So, oh, yeah, so scroll down a bit. We got the B from Jolly Bee. Jolly Bee? Jolly Bee freaks me out. You need to leave. Ninety percent of food spaghetti. Ninety percent of our audience has never heard. Of it's a Filipino yeah, American is. restaurant that you would only find in California. I remember it's, leaving it's no boy, Moscone no. for my first GDC and mm. Jollibee was crushing. I'm like, what is this? And you walk over there, it's a hamburger patty and a ball of rice. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, no, what do you people eat here? It's big. <laughs> it's big in Daly City. Mm-hmm. It, and it's, it's not big in Daly. City. Yeah, it's it's in Daly City. <laughs> yeah, this shit sucks. Interesting man. fact about Daly City: one of only two uh, cities in the country with uh, over half of the population Asian. Oh, they're going to say dead. The other, yeah, also that's dead. That's Coma. Coma. No, yeah. uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, cities of over 100,000 or more, half the population Asian, only Daly City and Honolulu are the two. Wow. Makes There's sense. your factoid for that. Makes sense. A lot of Jollibees. A lot of Filipinos. This sucks. Of he doesn't, I know, he he doesn't deserve one. to be on this list. He does not deserve to be on this list. Go down a bit he, more. He ain't Jolly for shit. The Chick-fil-A cow. Yeah. Eat more chicken. I don't know, man. I don't like it. So what? Trust it's not, it. It's not they the, always try too hard. It's not the cows. It's the message that's actually really funny and clever that they're just desperate for you not to eat them. I think it's kind of cute yeah. and kind of clever. Whenever yeah. I see, I, I like taking pictures of them in the, uh, in the Chick-fil-A. It's, it's just funny that they're like, they're basically illiterate. They can barely write and they're just desperate for you not to kill them to eat the chickens instead. I think it's kind of cute. Right. I, it's, it's not so much the cows. Who cares about the cows? Here's the thing you don't get about it, Tim. It's an adult mascot. All right. You're talking about all these kids, the jolly bees and your fry guys. I hear I'm talking about a cow that doesn't want to be murdered. I understand that. I can get behind you that. You get behind that. I can't. He also gets every Sunday off. And a shout out, <laughs> by the way, to Chick-fil-A, the second best fast food restaurant after Five Guys. Oh, Five Guys in front of Chick-fil-A yeah, now. It's got oh, wow. to come up now. All right, Cap. Uh, Chuck. Does this Not count? sure it yeah, counts. Yeah, this, this is fast cat. But yo, counts. and again, because if once we bring him into it, he has a whole crew and there's a whole bunch of shit going on. But no, no, no. I'll give it to, to, to my Mr. boy, Chuck. Mr. Cheese? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a cool dude. You just want to hang out, play video games with him? Maybe whack some moles? Oh, dude, Chuck E. Cheese used, Chuck e. Cheese used to be the place to be, man. The place to be. You guys, we've, t- we've talked about Chuck E. Cheese before. I don't want to have to go back down this rabbit hole again, but I will go down have the we? rabbit hole. I don't think we have. Have we not? That should be a different topic. Oh, yeah. man, that's how I got this scar on my forehead. Really? Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, man, we used to go fucking wild in that place. 
just gives to kill people in Chuck E. Cheese. Dude, people get in the fucking street fights. Two man enter, one man fucking leave, man. No, Chuck E. Cheese used to be what I was Well, first of all, it was terrifying because I had the animatronic like band. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They used to have a little like. Um, like a back room only for kids where you could get there by like a little rabbit hole, like a mouse yeah, hole. Yeah, talked about this. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess they figured out that was just a terrible idea. And then I like two things happened to me that I think forever made my mom not go to Chuck E. Cheese anymore. Once I was in a ball pit looking for, I guess, a quarter or a token, whatever the fuck I had dropped. And I felt someone grabbing my leg and I thought they were tickling me. So I kicked out hard. And when I popped my head above, and this is when I'm like five or six years old, I popped my head above the the, bu- the the bubbles to see what's going on, and I just fucked this kid up. Like there was this kid that's maybe two or three, and was like grabbing, and I just smashed the kid's like face in with my foot, and I was like, so that's dangerous. And then the next thing was the next time I was there, <laughs> the we it's all in concave. <laughs> and the next time I felt so bad about that kid, I think I just put his lip open, but in my brain I like I sure, like, fucking permanently him. crippled this you kid. You gotta forever. be like, I'll finish the job. Yeah, um, kid's still in school. <laughs> And then, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I split my head open on a, on a, on a Pac-Man machine at a Chuck E. Cheese. Jesus, one. that's not how I expected that to yeah, go. Yeah, we were running. A bunch of us were running, and uh, it was me, my brother, one of our friends. I don't remember the kid's name. Stu. And we were no, it wasn't Stu. This was way before Stu. Um, and Stu doesn't run. And we were running to the counter. It was when, like, the first, like, you know, when you were a kid, you'd get, like, the first three tokens for free or whatever it was when they threw a, ch- a pizza party there. And we thought that meant the first person to get there got him. So we're running. We're all fat. We're running. <laughs> and I'm already off balance. And this kid shoves me, and I go straight into the corner of a Pac Man machine and just split that fucker open. And it used to be, like, all the way down right here. It's kind of receded a little bit. It's like your lightning bolt, like your Harry Potter. It's exactly like my Harry Potter lightning bolt. Except it looks more like a, a sausage. It's a small sausage. See, you my guys God. are part of the corporate machine. I didn't go to no fucking Chuck E. Cheese. I went to Enchanted Castle, the local knockoff Chuck oh, E. Cheese, Lord. where we had Toby the Dragon who sang to you. You got the pizza that was terrible there, too. They had a Superman machine. Robo I was going to say, we had Chuck E. Cheese, and I went, but we had a, a thing called uh, Spaceplex, mm. which was really cool. We had Discovery Zone, and more importantly, DZ. The Jungle. The jungle, oh, the jungle man. superior to what all was the jungle? things. The jungle, it, it focused on the jungle, the, uh, the jungle gym aspect, and it was this expanding complex. Before Discovery Zone came, because and it did come, and it killed this business, was Leaps and Bounds. And Leaps and Bounds is the same thing of like fucking giant tunnels in the air that you got in, and you just crawled all over the fucking place with your dumb friends. I, I always, even as a young, and this is not surprising to anyone that listens to this show, and certainly not at this table, but even mm. as a young man, I often wondered about the business plan of a place that focuses on kids like like i'm like you know 13 14 years old driving by with my dad because truck and cheese right next to home depot my dad practically lives at home depot so i'd be there all the time and i'd go by and i'd reflect to myself in the late 90s like why would you get involved in this business it seems very wrought with danger lawsuits unpredictable mm. clientele yeah not quite fully formed in the brain yet dipshits kids just yeah. doesn't seem like it's worth the risk like is anyone really making like hand over fist money in this market and i think the pizza is so cheap how are they even making money what i think happened was the people that formed chuck e cheese were like we're in the wrong market we should do the exact same thing but make it 21 and over and sell alcohol and that's how dave and busters, dave and busters. are they the same parent company I, mean, I have no idea oh i, no I wouldn't idea. be surprised it I mean, would be interesting to see. david busters is so awesome they're, they're doubling down for some reason at ceremony it's fantastic you gotta have one someplace for people to go to that, that to me game. seems like man so it shows how limited our business or my business knowledge is because i look at something like that and i'm like no i think someone was like you want to invest in this we like no we wouldn't even look at the numbers like some an arcade in 2017, yeah, I don't nah, know. I'm good. Well, with booze though, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It changes the game. All these idiots. Changes, these, these venues are dates. massive. All right, Kev. Well, Next now he's up. got a fucking Next. giant touchscreen doodle pad in there. 
So we got we got a couple that we already talked about. We got the fry guys from McDonald's. Now, the Chihuahua from Taco Bell. Oh, Yokiero sure, Taco sure. Bell. There's a picture friend. for this guy. Yokiero Taco he Bell. He looks good, Chihuahua. Nope. There oh, we there go. He there he is. The homie. Actually, female Chihuahua. What R. does that R. mean, Kevin? It's actually advocating for people to read more. Oh, is it? Yeah. Should I? Do you want to give it a shot? Do you want to try it? Yo, Quiro Taco Bell. Because there's a. What's the upside down exclamation it's point? An I. That is the letter. Oh, I yo Quiro. It's like iPhone. Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably my favorite out of all of them. Yeah, I fucking so. loved this thing. I love this thing so much. They eventually had the little plush of it yeah. that you could buy at Taco Bell. Bought one of them. Then they came out with like the variant versions of it where it had little like hats on or whatever. I had as many as you fucking can get. Good for you. Love those damn things. You're a special. And kid. then it died and then they just stopped. They Going back to our last topic, they could have CG'd this they thing. They definitely still could. But they're just like. Also, oh, the dog himself died? Herself. Oh, herself? Yeah. I didn't know that. It was I a, mean, I'm sure it would happen at some it point. It was a female. Chihuahua that they gave this fucking gruff ass voice in the commercials of some dude. I love I love everything about this. And then yeah, then it died. They didn't even replace it. They're just like, all right, I guess we're moving on to a new tactic. Is that what happened? I thought I got in trouble because people found it offensive. I mean, it did die. It's also super racist. It did die. I know that racist on the racist level. Can we get a minority report on on how racist the the Spanish speaking Chihuahua is? It's it's acceptable. It's acceptable. Well, okay, I we'll didn't think it was that racist. On the level yeah. of racist to not racist, it's yeah. more not racist than it is racist. But I think it's a different time, right? You're like you're talking the '90s when sure. they were still. We ha- we didn't get to this 2017 PC nature thing. So to them, they're like, "Huh, is this a problem?" And they thought about it long enough that they're like, "I guess it probably is." Hmm. You know, hmm. it's, so. pro- it's it's potentially. It's uh, you know, I was just reflecting on the Taco Bell commercials not too long ago to someone where I was saying Taco Bell is they don't really have the mascot thing anymore as far as I can I'm concerned or that I see necessarily, but they are the masters of better than anyone else of making their food look chic and the people that eat there normal. Yeah. And and that's like what I, I just know, have noticed that over the years, like the very handsome men, well put together, very beautiful women, very well put together. The food doesn't look anything like it looks at a real Taco Bell, like more extreme in that regard than any of the others. I think McDonald's a close second these days because they're fucking struggling real hard. By the way, Taco Bell in the sunset gone, gone, just gone. Oh, it's, man, it's that happening. was a long time coming. Though. Yeah, like, well, because original. All right, so it's been out of commission for months and I walk by it. This is KFC Taco Bell, yeah, the KFC Taco Please Bell, which mind. is fucking disgusting. Disgusting. That and, was one of the nastiest buildings I've ever been in. And I, life. so it closed down and then there were signs of being like, uh, under construction yeah, or like something, we, go to the ones in Judah or yeah, yeah. not Judah, go to the ones in like the sunset or the Richmond and whatever. And then the signs have changed recently where it was just like visit, like close, visit other locations. So I think they just abandoned that place. Thank God. Cause I was, when I moved into the neighborhood, I was so excited that there was a Taco Bell KFC there. And I, that was the first place I ever ate when I was, when I lived, you know, when I moved in with Scott Bromley and uh, like walked all the way down there and stuff like that. And then never really again, except for like our few of our escapades when we yeah. thought it was funny to go to Taco Bell place is fucking gross. Not Taco Bell itself, but that, that, that Taco, Taco Bell, Bell yeah. was bad. You hit uh, me with it, Greg. In July 2000, Taco Bell ended the Chihuahua advertisements, ended its relationship with their creator, TBWA, and replaced the company's presidents after same-store sales fell by 6% in the second quarter of 2000, the largest such decline in Taco Bell history. It was incorrectly rumored that, the Taco, that Taco Bell ended the commercials because the dog died. Some Latin Americans accused the dog of being a cultural stereotype, and Tom Kenny, who is a friend of Carlos, si. uh, whoever, uh, who was the voice of the Taco Bell Chihuahua, Tom Kenny. 
the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants and Starscream, not Sa- in the original. Said that Hisp- Hispanic advocacy groups lobbying for the end of the campaign led to the cancellation of the Taco Bell dog. Then there was a lawsuit. There was two dogs used too. Two? Yeah. What were the names? Um, Pico and the Gallo. Gidget. Gidget. That's- Nicknamed the Taco Bell Chihuahua was a popular advertising figure and mascot for Taco Bell restaurant from 97 to 2000. Was voiced by Carlos Al Unrequizzi and blah, 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 blah. blah. Well, that was the most racist thing we heard all day was the pronunciation of that name. Uh, At least two dogs were used as models for the commercial and the original dog. The original dog cast for the lead role was named Dinky, but was replaced at the last minute by the director with the chihuahua that was originally cast as the girlfriend named Gidget. Love it. Interesting. Love Interesting it so little tidbits. This is a cinematic universe. It might still be alive. Taco no, was dead. another ca- chihuahua. Gidget would be 28 years old. Yeah, that dog's dead. Gidget died 2009, age 15. Yeah, it was, it was a really sad time. For everybody 2009 so she was, like a, she was like a puppy she's killing it. afterlife <laughs> damn oh. all right kev lola can be the next keep going Talk about them. she could <laughs> knock on one she won't act uh, the hamburglar we already talked about him yeah he's, we he's didn't awesome. bring up his a little biz- fiasco a, a, little, a little bizarre a little bizarre character bit of a character they did bring him back yeah but he was like all he was a real man right yeah yeah he looked he's like a he, good looking dude he looked like he was gonna <laughs> This is Jack. He's going to burgle something you know else. Yeah, Never you mind. just use your imaginations <laughs> on what he was going to do. Fair, fair. So we got, we got the oven oh, mitt. Oh, the Arby's, Arby's oven mitt. Get the fuck out of here. No. Arby's best mascot is the guy right now who's just a we have the meats guy. Oh, yeah. Arby's, we have Arby's the meats. Arby's best mascot is their fucking Twitter. Yeah, their Twitter's awesome. With that. It's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, why... Like who the hell decided? It's like you know what? Just make a bunch of video game jokes. Yeah. Well, that's what I was. I, I, was, I was telling. Tuna. I was telling Greg recently that there's just some companies and some organizations that understand Twitter so well. Mm-hmm. And I was saying the one that understands it the best, I think, is the Columbus Blue Jackets hockey team. I'm telling you guys, go f- follow the Columbus Blue Jackets on Twitter. They're insane. It's like I don't know, and th- like oh, most of the NHL teams are all buttoned up. Yeah. On there, but they're like out of control. And it totally works. And they get retweeted a bajillion times. And it's so funny. They just make fun of themselves. They make fun of other teams. They make fun of players. <laughs> post like all sorts. I'm like, this is awesome. This is like, how, how you're supposed to do Twitter. That's good marketing. Unless you're me. Then he posts really inflammatory political things. There you go. Did you, see tw- did you see Wendy's though step up their Twitter game recently? No. They've been going They've been going crazy. Uh, hold on. Yeah, okay. I want to make sure I can read this exchange, right? Wendy's tweets out just the general thing. Our beef is way too cool to ever be frozen. Emoticon with the sunglasses. Thuggy D tweets, your beef is frozen. We all know it. Y'all know we laugh at your slogan, quote, fresh, never frozen, right? Like you're really a joke. And Wendy's response, sorry to hear you think that, but you're wrong. We, we've only ever used fresh beef since we were founded in 1969. Thuggy D, so you deliver it raw on a hot truck? And Wendy's goes, where do you store cold things that aren't frozen? <laughs> Thuggy D says, y'all should give up. McDonald's got you guys beat with that dope-ass breakfast. Wendy's responds, you don't have to bring them into this just because you forgot refrigerators existed for a second there. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So good. Get him. All right, Kev. The Noid. Noid. They're bringing the Noid back, dude. They're bringing him back. Until somebody kills somebody over the Noid again. (laughs) That's what I always heard about the Noid, right? Is that somebody went... Some, I'll find the thing. Talk about I don't know what you're talking about. I think it might be an urban legend. Is it? Oh, no. The new commercial for Domino's has a bunch of people like Domino's super fans. Have you guys seen this commercial? No. It's like a bunch of Domino's super fans like doing all this crazy shit that apparently are all over the country. And one of the guys has the Noid tattooed on his arm, but the tattoos from like the 80s. It's awesome. It's like people forget about the Noid and Yo I Noid. I forgot about the Noid. Yo Noid, of course. The, On January 30th, 1989, Kenneth Lamar Noid, a mentally ill man who thought the ads were a personal attack <laughs> on him, held two employees of an Atlanta Domino's restaurant hostage for over five hours after forcing them to make pizza and making demands for $100,000. <laughs> 
sorry. $100,000? Get away You're a terrible person. Get away transportation and a copy of The Widow's Son. No one surrendered to the police. That is an amazing After story. After the incident ended, police chief Reed Miller offered an assessment to reporters. Quote, he's paranoid, end quote. Paranoid. Wow. That is an amazing story. I'm surprised that's never been made into a movie. That is a great story. What's that? No, no. Would we That's be laughing if someone died? The Kevin? incident caused on yes. the pizza to discontinue advertising the Noid. <laughs> well, how many other people named Noid could there possibly have been? <laughs> Thought it was in a personal affront. That's hilarious. That is fucking Thank hilarious. God nobody died. But come Avoid on. the Noid. It was all about him. Yeah. <laughs> that have been really fun. All right. Next up. We got Jack, who I think is the best. Is is the best. I think that he was designed as an answer to be the more grown up response sure. to these things. He's like, "Yo, I'm a mascot. The kids can like me because I go on your car and, and shit." And but bumpers. also, I'm like not an uh, too too kitty like the the Chevron cars. Remember the Chevron? Yeah, cars? yeah, yeah. They got like, they gobbled up that gas. Yeah, gobble up your dick. Jack you know what knew what's saying? up, and he was a gobbling that dick. Jack's there. He's trying to like sell you on his new products. Yeah, and stuff. definitely. Always in a suit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they caught him at night when he was in his jammies. Here's yeah, my question like about it. Jack in the Box. As someone who Jack in the Box was not in Chicago when, when I was coming up, and then not in Missouri when I was coming up. Didn't have didn't ever see a Jack in the Box till I moved to California. And at that point, I thought they'd gone out of business because I had only heard of Jack, Jack in the Box on 2020 when that kid almost died from. Yeah, we. I was gonna say we had. I want to say we did have Jack in the Box. I remember it. I don't know if it's a false memory on Long Island, like a long time ago. And then they and then they had a huge salmonella like yeah, disaster, kid, and they just little fucking, kid almost died, and they all and then it was gone. But I also visited California as a kid, and so I don't know if I have that memory of it too. So I don't know. was Jack? Was he always how he is now? This reverend guy making yeah. the funny commercials. And mm-hmm. okay, so your entire life and everything else. I mean, well, I think originally he was just the. The ball, just a face, just the ball with the. When did these um, commercials the that are really good? The commercials are awesome. I want to say the last nineties, really? early two thousands. I was gonna say oh, in the man. last ten years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I would have, I would have thought early two thousands. And shout years. out to you have to about. do some follow up here. The wife in the Jack in the Box commercial because she there was one time where she was in three separate commercials that ran during football where she was the wife to different people all over the place. It was Jack and then it was like two other That's guys. So in other good. Weird yeah, Jack in the Box is uh, is one of the ones that to me is really near and dear to me because it was closest to my house growing up. Kevin, that's like eight point font. No, no one knows what that's. Someone died. Someone, a little kid died. Six year old died. From Jack in the Box. E. Coli. That I know. I, happened. I know that happened. But what I'm curious is if they expanded to the East Coast and then truncated again after that because they really. It's similar to what happened. To, what's happening in Chipotle now? Where Chipotle is like eating fucking shit right now because of all the food born issues that they're having. I yeah. wonder if it was a similar kind of thing back then. Jack in the Box gave the people what they wanted, and I appreciated that. They were like, we're not going to play these games if you can only get breakfast at this time. Do you want breakfast at 3 a.m.? Mm. You got breakfast at 3 yeah. a.m. You want breakfast at 94. 6 the, re- the restaurant rebounded in popularity in 1994 after oh, a successful marketing campaign that featured the fictitious Jack in the Box chairman, Jack, character voiced mm. by... A bunch of kids died. A bunch of kids died. Yeah, yeah I, I, remember, I, remember, I remember that. But, the, but uh, I think it's Jack in the Box. I don't think it's Hardee's or something like that. Uh, they also have the commercials with no, without Jack. I think it's them that... Are clearly aimed at late night stoners. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like late night munchy meal. Yeah, like th- that's them, right? Is that Jack or is that Hardy? Dude, that's Taco no, Bell. Fourth, fourth meal is Taco Bell. Bell. The late night munchy meal from Jack in the Box is, like I said, give the people what they want. Best deal in fast food. 
bar mm-hmm. none. Seven dollars, you get a box. You get to choose whatever burger you want. And the burgers are like the crazy burgers. It's like you want fucking Cheetos on your burger. You want yeah. some hot Cheetos on your burger. It's yes. like yeah, you want to do that. Then you get uh, the they give you the tacos. Shout out to Jack and Box tacos. But then they give you fries and curly fries. Why make decisions? Seven bucks gets you at all. You don't need it both because you no. can't make it. You know why they did that? Someone did a cost benefit analysis, and they're like people cannot fucking choose between the fries when they're stoned at two o'clock in the morning. You just got to give them both. We're they not much email, man. Burning they know, they know their Their audience. commercials are so weird, though, that, that advertise them that are like clearly aimed at people that are stoned. Oh, and God. I was saying to someone, they seem to be aimed at people that are stoned at the time they're watching them. Which to me, I'm like, that's a little dangerous game you're playing because now you're getting people. You know, to, I've you know, only have a, ever been to Jack in the Box post-drinking. Like, I, I've never in my life been like, I'm going to go to... I, I'm hungry. I'm going to go with Jack. In the yeah, box. no, I've never done that either. I, I had a bad experience Jack in the Box once, actually. It kind of turned me off. As soon as I got here, I, I drove to the one, I think, over at uh, Colmo, that BART station, right? There's one over there by the Home Depot area. No? Anyways, it uh, doesn't really no, matter at all. For the story. There, it was the yeah. first Jack in the Box I'd ever seen, so I drove over there to get a beer. Or not to get a burger, because I've, I've never had it before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, sir, we don't serve beers. I'm going to get a damn beer! What Jack would want? So Kevin went, went away, so... We're going to be a little behind, but to get ahead of this, I asked, Caesar. For, I asked him for a beer and that's why little Caesar it. pizza, pizza, because little Caesar's pizza, pizza meant something when it happened and then it didn't mean anything for a long time. And then it meant something again, like little pizza, pizza was like, you get two pizzas for the price of one. That was right. the idea of him fucking saying it. So when they stopped doing that, then the whole pizza, pizza thing became redundant. Well, then they went crazy and now the, they like doubled down on the five, five, five deal. I know. Yeah. Pizza snaps, what a five, fall from five grace. dollars for a large pizza. And it's just like, yeah, but it tastes like car. Little Dude, Caesars wow. pizza used to be awesome. It was good. When it was fresh, it was awesome. It was good. When I was poor, though, when I first moved here, I used to eat. Oh, well, I, there, at, at the corner of Geneva and Mission, there's a, a Little Caesars that I used to go to all the time. You just get walk out of there for $5 for a fucking pizza and just dip it in yeah. wishbone Italian dressing all oh, night. Yeah. yeah, there was I, when I lived, when I lived with Mike pe- over in uh, South San Francisco, there was one, yeah, where I could, you, there was a $5 and I'm making fucking shit money at IGN. I was able to go over there mm-hmm. when we first started and I was doing it all the time. But what breaks my heart is that, you know, back in the Miller household, Friday night was always pizza night. It's a, you reward yourself for not blowing your brains out this week. Let's eat a fucking pizza. You know what I'm saying? And so for a long time, it was the local establishment, <laughs> Baroni's, downtown Glen Ellen, delicious, amazing. Some point, my, I don't know if they had a fight. Well, I don't know what my parents had against Baroni's. We stopped going there, and we, I think we got, that's when we should we, look into that. Should we moved to Little Caesars? And this is right at the point where Little Caesars is like, we need to change the game. Pizza Hut's putting cheese in their crust. We're going to put cheese in our crust, but put pepperoni in it as well. And then, like, people love crazy bread. Let's put cheese in that and pepperoni in that. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget being so excited and eating that stuff and being old enough to know this is bad. I probably shouldn't eat this each week. <laughs> or at least each my parents week. should make me exercise. But I didn't stop. And yeah. I just kept going. No, and here we are today. Me. Yep. It all makes sense. It turned out okay. Keep going, Kev. So next up, we got Ronald McDonald. We can yeah. skip him. The yeah, please get it off the screen. There we go. The king. The king. The king. The king was great. The king made a comeback, man. He used to be this little punk-ass motherfucker, and then he came out, and he's like, I'm creepy as hell. They doubled down on the McDonald's mm. thing. They're like, we get it. He's, he's creepy. creepy. Let's make a joke out of right. this and turn it into a beef. My yeah. thing was... Beef, No nice. pun intended. My thing was, what was he a thing before? I don't remember there being a Burger King that there I saw was. until this. There was, because remember, they had the crowns. I remember. Crowns. I'm not saying the crowns didn't exist. I'm just saying I don't remember there being a visual representation of Burger King. There was a, there was a king, a little cartoon king, but I don't, like, it don't give a fuck about him. I don't feel like Burger King gets its its uh, its proper no its proper Burger king kind is of the praise of fast food. This is Burger King ta- is really actually very good. This is what we were talking about last Depending week on what when you, you came eat. in. Burgers 
They're way better at Burger King. Burger King better than McDonald's. Burger you guys are definitely. so There's no doubt about that. Crazy. The Check fries. True. The fries are. The, no one can eat a McDonald's yeah, fries. No. It's not. It's not the possible. The Whopper fucking sucks. No. no. Who's ordering the Whopper? Just get a cheeseburger. Yeah, no, the cheese Whopper burger. doesn't suck. The Whopper doesn't suck. Oh, those fancy burgers are fancy. The Whopper is really, really fantastic if it's made properly, and that's a that's a really important thing. Because there's so many toppings on it, they can be very made very frivolously and very poorly, and then gross, it falls apart. Falls the more, apart. here's a suggestion: just get the double or triple, get a lot of cheese on there, keeps it all together, makes it nice construction, keep the paper around it, eat it like that. I used to well, love you, you can't take it out of the paper; you got to eat the paper. I mean, I, I've told you many times when I was at Northeastern, I used to go to Burger King all the time, and then it just disappeared. What happened to them Burger King? Nobody, Nobody knows. knows. Nobody knows what happened to Burger King. One day it was just gone, but. God, I spent thousands of dollars in that place probably when yeah. I, you know, because at North, yeah, probably every college they put money. You can put money on this card. Yep. You know, we did and that. Then, yeah. And so at the beginning of every semester, you just had what we would used to call free money. Yeah. Especially remote school free money. We just used to go, go spend at Burger King, and I, you know, you get a lot of bang for your buck. That was before I realized I could just start stealing from the the. Uh, uh, from dining the uh, dining hall instead, so I started doing that instead. Just I mean, at Mizzou, that was my—I mean, that's the first until we, Jesus, not even moved here until we started going other places. That was the first and only Chick Fil A experience I had. Mizzou's little food court had a Chick Fil A in there, and you go over there and eat those sandwiches and be like, "Fucking Jesus!" I know it's going to be better there, and it's awesome here. I feel like in the world, there's McDonald's people and then there's Burger King people. I feel like all the the rest of them are kind of just extra shit. It's like, oh, I like McDonald's, but I also like Jack and the Box. I think part of this comes down to my aversion to onions. And the fact that McDonald's are on by default and Burger Kings aren't. Yep. I get them added, but they don't. Yeah, they only put pickle, ketchup, mustard. And, and that's exactly what I want on my burger. So it's just fucking perfect. Flame broiled. Delicious. Let me tell you a quick story. Quick anecdote. Went to Jake's Steaks yesterday in the marina, which is a, a, a cheesesteak place. Pretty oh, good. okay. Pretty good. Saw in the back display case a smorgasbord of drinks, soft drinks. They had Coke and they had Pepsi. You're the Pepsi? One, one with the Pepsi. Nice. Okay, nice. Went with the Pepsi last time. Let me go tit for tat with that. I joined the Burger King Kids Club growing up. All right, so we're getting there. <laughs> so oh, I just want to talk about to, my to, pen pal, David. Go, but to go through the list real quick. Long John Silver. I don't even know who the fuck that guy is. Long John Silver is a is a seafood restaurant. No, I know that, but oh. who's the mascot? Probably the, a pirate. The no, you're thinking of the remember. Gordon's fish. Never went there. Does even not once. deserve number three really? on this list. Oh, I fucking hate seafood. Big old That's Greg true. Miller loved himself some uh, Long John Silver. Sure you loved whatever fried breaded shit was being put in, in front of your face. Oh no, I'm talking about my dad. My dad. Oh, loved you're Long oh big, big, big old, big old, old Greg Miller. We go there get some skinny. hush puppies. He's skinny, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing something. We right. call him the camel. <laughs> Wendy's. Yeah, whatever. No, well, no, I like no. briefly when they they brought out the real Wendy and started after Dave Thomas died. Yeah, Dave Thomas was the homie, dude. Yeah. But yeah, they brought his daughter out. Everyone yeah. hated her. Then they brought out the hot. Yeah, yeah. Redhead. I'm just, all right, cool. I'm just some I'm, who I I always meant to do when I was still doing Gregways back in the day. So this is a deep cut. I wanted I started trying to gather footage because I wanted to do a Gregway about her fall from grace because she went from being a magical creature who popped into your car when you're thinking about Wendy's and took you to Wendy's and then she just started working boring office jobs where she's just like, oh guys, you want to go to Wendy's today, guys? I'm eating a salad. I'm like, weren't you like a fucking angel or a pixie or something? Now you got no magic. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. That's crazy. So, so last on the list is the Colonel. Mm. Oh. They're fucking shout the Colonel up, up right now. The what is up with this? Shout out to the Colonel generally, mm-hmm. but not what they're doing now. Oh. This rotating cast of Colonels. Yeah, because it's, yeah. a, it's a different. He was um, Norm Macdonald for a minute. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. Is it was that it's always it's been on the schedule where it was him. It was uh, Daryl Hammond. It, it's now Ron uh, Riggles, whatever his name is. Uh, there's somebody else in there too. I'm forgetting, but yeah, it's been weird. Like, we just pick somebody. Yeah. Make it just, make, just make, or don't even do this at all. Daryl Hammond needs the work. Just let him be the colonel for God's sake. He's waiting for Bill Clinton to do something. Yeah. God, you know he's like, fuck, why couldn't Hillary have won? <laughs> God, I would have so many guest appearances. So to close out this topic, 
we we've been talking a lot about most of these mascots were created in the 70s right the sponge monkeys or whatever the fuck that was obviously an abomination of the you know early 2000s or whatever Sure, sure but the 90s were a really special time that brought us the burger king Kids Club. Kids Club. Yeah. There they are. Can you expand that a bit, Kev? This is the most 90s group of motherfuckers you could possibly That's why I want to hang out with them, man. All right. We got Josh, Jaws, the cool, tall black guy, right? Yeah. Then we got the ambiguously, like, what race is ethnic, he? Yeah, he's ethnic. He the, looks like Alfredo. The, yeah. <laughs> Lingo. There he is. Then what? what's the girl's name, Kev? Can you see? Boomer. We got Boomer. Boomer. Shooter. Little sports girl. Then we got wheels the kid in the, the wheelchair, in the wheelchair. Tra- they're trying to be they're trying to be inclusive but also yeah. offensive so that's the thing is like when you try so hard then you got of course the, the cool dog <laughs> with the helmet iq the nerdy kid with the glasses kid vid who was like the mascot i remember of, him i remember like, kid, kid blaster kid vid, yeah. and shit and you can get yeah, his yeah. toys and then what's the other girl's name Snaps. Snatch. Snatch. Yeah, you call her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, th- these guys, I remember they were the home. Did you join the Burger King? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a pen pal? I never did all that. I, I had just, a pen pal through it, toys. which is so weird to think about that. I mailed into Burger King and they're like, all right, here's some other random kid's address. <laughs> Enjoy talking to him. I mean, this kid did. We corresponded <laughs> over our joint love of Burger King, I How guess. Long? Do you have, Not a, long. you have the letters? Ah, oh, no, no, I doubt it. I doubt really? That that's too bad. I know. That would be great. That would be great. I think his name was David, so if you're out there, David, I vaguely, I vaguely remember you, we, had, you, we sent photos of each other. All your weird fan fiction of, a of Boomer. Cap on. Did he really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you should have known then. It's Benjamin Franklin wannabe motherfucker. David Crockett. Benjamin Franklin first. Nah, David Crockett. Everybody knows David Crockett at the Coonskin Cap. When Benjamin Franklin was in France as our ambassador oh, in the we, we. Revolution, he used to wear a coonskin cap on purpose to make the Americans look like they were very quaint because it made the French want to work with us more. And they thought that they were, we, they thought we were very strange. So he would like always wear the coonskin cap, like even at dinner or like state dinners. And, and so like then that. when they came over, they were expecting coonskin everywhere. They didn't find any. When Alexis de Tocqueville came over decades later, the hats? he's like, he's what's going a, on? He brought a whole bunch of ones. That's, a, that's a true story. Yeah, he always used to wear the uh, coonskin cap to play off his Americanism because they always thought that that was really cool and quaint. Like, yeah, we'll after, give you money. Is this before or after he <laughs> discovered electricity? Fools. Uh, it was after he discovered electricity. Gotcha, he didn't gotcha. discover electricity, but he was, it was after he discovered it. We got zapped by the lightning bolt in his kite. Well, he figured fried out off, that off lightning the top, was electricity. Fried that, off the top of his hair they and he had to start wearing the coonskin cap. Right, well, that's back in time. It's very fat. Gotta go back. How fat was he? I don't know how fat he was. I want to say he was pretty fat, especially for the time. Yeah. If you guys watch John Adams on uh, HBO, it's a fantastic series, by the way. Paul Giamatti's uh, John Adams, really great. Uh, based on uh, I think the, 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 literally the, just tore open. Based on the uh, David McCullough. <laughs> based on the David McCullough book, so it's really, fart. really great. There's a great scene of him uh, wearing a coonskin cap in a bathtub naked with like a, some French chick playing chess. He apparently was like a total womanizer and totally like out of control over there. Who, who played him in the in the HBO series? Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't remember. There's remember a lot of famous. The Rock. <laughs> the Rock played him. Yeah, the Rock. Oh, I gotta look that up now. Uh, great show. Fucking great show. Love it. Colin, what's your topic? The weather. It's raining right now. No, not specifically the weather now. Kevin, throw open that window. I want to see how because it's, it's not even just raining. It's like fucking storming. It's windy. Shit's blown around. It's not that bad. It was really bad. By California today. standards, it's pretty bad. It's really annoying is what it is. I love it. I hate it so much. I don't know. See, you're one of those people, obviously. How can you like the rain? How? What about Rain's it is nice. cool? It inspires it's like, oh, me. cool when you're inside and it's all nice. It's like, oh, I guess I can sit here and write and I can sit here and play games. I can sit here. I get all that stuff. It's an stuff, excuse. But then, but then when you go outside, it's like this is the worst thing of all time. Why are you going outside? But rain just causes problems even when you're inside. 
Like you you don't you do not have a chance of flood when it's not raining. You do have a chance of flood when it is raining. Everything gets all fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's dumb. You might die. So dumb. To be fair though, I don't like the heat either. I like San Francisco being San Francisco. Yeah, fall. Give me sixty five degrees. Call it a damn day. There's no competition. I understand New York has it worse. I understand LA is hotter. Texas is really hot on the sun. Texas just needs to fucking stop. Yeah. Texas has these heat storms that are just so hot. Where I'm like, why? Who could live on this in this in this world? And then they have their thunderstorms and lightning storms, and it's just Tornadoes. like, oh, this is just natural. We're we're, we're flooding right now, but it's just cool. Mm. Nah, guys, figure your shit out. Well, the major thing about that the South and Southwest specifically, like that, I always think about is. Uh, people lived there like the o- oldest city in north america is, uh well founded city by european colonists is santa fe and that was founded in the 1500s can you fucking imagine being down there well there's probably like a few hundred people of your kind even anywhere on the continent and you're walking around like in that fucking heat with 500 years away from air conditioning that's terrible kind of thing i don't know how anyone ended up down there no wonder we didn't want to go further south the uh, the thing I want to ask about weather was what is the perfect weather? And Tim had, Tim had asked that or answered that question because I, I I concur. I miss seasons, and I think there's something to be said about that. I think it changes the way you think and the way you feel. And watching the leaves fall, watching the snow come down for the first time, watching flowers pop out of the out of the uh, watching flowers I, pop. I'm right watching you do that every Friday night. night. <laughs> watching flowers pop out of the soil and and uh, you know March April. I remember used to get really you know excited about that when I was a kid. Like the we had these. Um, like these all these different plants in front of our house and you kind of predict like when they would come up and and start to bud and stuff like that and so i miss that but at the same time i think about the horrors of winter and uh especially in boston but new york winters are, are no joke either and uh and all that and then i came to realize that i think the best part of san francisco but not so much rainy season which happens and it seems to be quite bad this year uh is the nine months or so of uninterrupted mild weather uh that requires no more than a sweatshirt um, but can always use one you know, yeah, I, fashion I, I, over function. You can look, you can wear whatever the hell you want. It's really, spe- it's really kind of an interesting and unique and special place in that regard. Like San Francisco has some things going for it and some things not going for it. But I think one of the things that is somewhat understated by people that visit is the the, the great weather. Because I think when people come to California, they expect the Los Angeles type weather, and you get that if you go to Sacramento or you get that if you go to the San Jose. But you, there's just something about this specific microclimate on the peninsula that's just all fucked up. And you saw it again. You just see it actually, even in times like this, the rain we've been getting in the city is not even remotely like the rain everyone else is getting for some reason. Like people are getting destroyed by the storm north of us, south of us, inland. But for some reason, San Francisco is just getting normal rain. And then you watch the local news and they're like down in you know San Jose is f- fucking apocalyptic, yeah. you know, and I'm like, it's only 45 minutes away. What is protecting us from this? this is a weird microclimate kind of thing. So I have to give a shout out to San Francisco's weather and say that all things being equal, it has the finest weather. And if I ever left here, and I'm sure, I assume one day I will, that that's the thing I will miss the most is that, you know, you know, you can't take that for granted that we don't have to bundle up here. You don't have to fucking sweat it out here. There might be a day or two of both every year. But otherwise, like, I like the idea of like, I'm just going to put I don't I don't I've actually gotten into the habit of even checking the weather. You know, and uh, which is make, makes times like this very unique as opposed to New York or Boston, where it's like, you know, it's a fucking shit show. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I grew up here, so I, I'm very familiar with how the, the weather patterns work. And for me, especially in school, it was a bigger deal because I, like, I would have to take the bus and I didn't have a car and all that. So the, it was the first week or so when you come back to school. So you're talking like early September, maybe late <coughs> August. There would just be two weeks of heat. Mm-hmm. And it was always like way hotter than it will ever be the rest of the year. Then all of a sudden it just goes right back to what it was. And then somewhere it's always, it always changes, but either December, January or February, there will be this like 30 days of just 
rain and wetness and freezing cold. But I will say it's colder now than I think it's ever been. It's never been this cold here. It's weird. And I every so many people I know are are bringing that up as well, where they're just like, "What the hell? Like, why is it so cold now?" Yeah, we, it's it's it has been excessively <coughs> cold over the last like I say last week was probably the coldest I've ever been in San Francisco, which is the point where I was like, I can't wear, I can't go barefoot in my apartment because the hardwood floors are freezing my foot. Um, I'm kind of like I, I I'm torn because I love the weather up here. I love that we have seasons. I love. My favorite season, I love when, when fall happens and you start you start feeling that briskness in the air and you're like, oh, I might need a coat. Um, but I I still got to go with Southern California's weather. I got to go with L.A.'s weather or San Diego where it's just kind of warm all the time. Sometimes it's excessively hot. Yeah, but for the most it's part, not kind of warm. You're melting. Well, I mean, it, it depends on when you go down there. But for the most part, it's just it's just warm outside and nice. And you can wear shorts and flip flops and T-shirts everywhere. And it's awesome. And I miss I do miss those days of like there was no question I was going to wear from like. For like six months out of the year, it was just I'm gonna wear shorts and flip flops unless I'm at work. That's just what's gonna happen. Yeah. And like no matter what, you were just you were just kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of breezy. It was fun. To not just be a hater, I will give a shout out to L.A. and Texas nights. Oh yeah. Like when it's when it's a warm night, not the horrible stormy nights in Texas. Sure. But what well, the, a thunderstorm's fun. No, they're the yeah. worst. They're even worse than this because then it's like great. Oh, there's a fifty percent chance of a blackout. Like there's nothing fun about the rain. There's nothing fun. The f- no, the rain's fun. No. no, what's what's fun? Give me give me the rundown. The sound like earlier today when I mentioned it today or in the morning show, I, I wanted Nick to kill the lights and just sit here and listen to the rain hitting the rooftop. YouTube because it. it was coming down. Just look it up. Find no, some, I don't. Want, I don't want to YouTube. Search for fucking. I am an idiot. Wow, that's the file that'll come wow, up. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. No, see, no, you're wrong about all that. See, the problem is that right now, so it's the winter storm of rain here, so it's cold out as well. I love a good summer thunderstorm, especially when it is that oppressive fucking heat all the time. You're in it, the suburbs of Chicago; it's humid, it's humid, it's hot, and then those dark clouds start rolling in, and that shade gets cast down, and there's that chill in the air. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, it's gonna happen. You go there, and you still have your windows open. It's like middle of the day. You're off school. You lay on the couch and you play a game, and you just hear it coming down out there, and like lightning bolts and fucking shit. Dark and then, clouds. Then all of a sudden you can't play games anymore because there's a power. Outage. Yeah, you know, maybe you do. Maybe, you know, you blow the Then you have to go outside and it's like, great. Now you don't have my, to go outside. I don't understand you what do. you're doing so outside. You have to go do something. There's a task that requires you to go to school or do some bullshit. So like you that. get in the car, you drive where you're going, you get, you go to, from your upstairs to your garage into the car. You're out. This is the thing when people are always like, oh, it's so cold. And all stuff. You the, get in the, the privilege there's, there's that you from, have from Greg. the car to the restaurant, from the restaurant to the car, from the car to the Walmart to the, you're not, it's there's not like you're fucking walking. walking. You got everyone's out when it's raining. So it's like, it's a disaster in terms of car. Uh, the, the worst part about the rain and transportation is everyone's driving. So you can't go to like a mall or a restaurant because every motherfucker's there because they're trying to get away from this shit. Or you're a kid that has to take the bus and then everyone's on the bus. Then you get on the bus and it feels like a New York um, subway Subway. station where it's the hottest thing ever. It's fucking terrible. Terrible. I will say that the one thing that is missing from your experience and your experience that you guys will never experience, you never. it's too late now, is the joy of the snow day. Mm. And... um, because winter, I love winter. I fucking love winter. I think blizzards are and like these disaster snowstorms are the fucking best, man. I, I have great memories of like, especially living when I was y- younger and those times I spent in New England, but also long. I remember building a huge snowman with Mike Pope in, in the middle of the street uh, and then watching a school bus just plow it, which was like, <laughs> no, I don't mean literally plow it, just fucking run it over. It was, it was really awesome. And I remember being in sixth grade and <clears throat> walking out in Maine when I lived there for a little while. The snow was up to like my chest. And I was like, this is insane. Like, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. Um, and the you guys can't understand, Greg knows, but the trepidation of the night before you hear the snow's coming 
You know it's snowing. You have to have the timing just right. You're on. You're watching the local news, and, the, and on the bottom is all the school closing scrolling. You would like never have a geometry test or some bullshit that next day that you're terrified. Like you're like I don't want to study for this. They're predicting it's a real storm. I probably gonna get the snow day, but I got to kind of study, but I don't want it, but I got to kind of, and it's, it's just amazing. News 12 on the island was the, the local kind of thing. And you'd watch it and they'd have it just scrolling. And then you'd always, every once in a while, everyone got fucked once in a while where everyone was closed, except for you. You had a two hour oh, delay. No, you know, or you had to just go and it's like, well, why, why, you know, all these other places around us are closed. But then you'd have the one where it was like, I remember there was like a week or two uh, continuous, just closed schools. Um, was it snow I, or cold? <clears throat> it was snow. See, for us, I think I had way more cold days than I did snow cold days. Cold days? Where it is too cold to go outside. The, we're afraid the pi- a pipe has burst. Uh, the, the similar, you're saying something froze and took out a power line. Uh, it is just too cold. Don't come. I remember wow. being at a fifth grade basketball practice, and there was like, the, it started like that scuttlebutt of somebody over, the parent, you know, parents of the coaches, and some parents said it, and it kind of like spread through the crowd that this might happen. At the end, like Anthony DiArco's mom came down and was like, no school tomorrow. It's too cold. The phone chain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The phone trees. Yeah. Yeah. Phone trees. That's what it was. Yeah. The uh, so I, that's like a special kind of joke. My sisters are teachers in Virginia and it's, it gets snow down there. Not as bad as we did, but any snow. It's like kind of like rain here. Like no one understands rain in San Francisco. I've never seen anyone. Dr- people, the way people drive here, even when it's raining, I'm like, what's going on? Like, it's not like the end of the fucking world. You well, know, to be fair, driving in the rain is very scary and it's like just but, a little bit slower but you're just more used to what I'm saying is that they're you're just not used to it here as opposed okay. to as opposed to out out what? in other parts is, that a look at me? is your microphone on because I'm not going to engage you unless you put your microphone was on. that a look at me because of what happened Saturday yeah when you lost control of the car three times that wasn't my fault it's the rain's fault because the, the rain is fucking fault. stupid Maybe you just drive a no, little bit slower. No, there were big puddles, and I told you. And that's why you should avoid them, not hydroplane. Just drive a little slower. Come on, it was fun. We made it. It was fun. Time. It was also fun. We were driving. Your car just turned off. Never seen that before in your truck. <laughs> Me you know, we're, just, we're in the road, and it turned experience. off. Okay. So I'll say this. I'll leave it here. Shout out to weather, but but also shout out to just being able to observe and not necessarily limit it. Sure. Yeah. And uh, winter, everything's dead. It's snowy. Those are the times I remember playing video games. I have I have I have specific memories of specific games and specific weather systems or, or, or these storms or things that would come through. I get so excited, man, when like because it's it's October, November, December, Jan- like well not January, but like back in the day, games would come out during this time. So I remember just hoping and praying I can play more Tales of Destiny if it would just snow and then it yeah. would snow and you get a snow day and if, mercifully on a Friday or a Monday get a oh long weekend. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Oh, it, was the, it was the absolute best, but then it was so bad when when you just the snow would come too early, too late. You're on the precipice and nothing. I, I always hated when I it was remember that game. I'll never forget that. The weathermen predict it's going to be terrible. Don't expect to go to school tomorrow and then you go to school tomorrow. Mm. Fuck. I'll never, no, I'll never forget weather that. Weather sucks for the most part. I like, I, I, I'm with you. Like I miss fall. I love, but I, I like it. Now it's kind of like when uh, your friends have kids and you get to visit me like the cool uncle and then just bounce. It's like, oh man, I miss fall. I go back to Columbia, hang out for a football game. It's nice. It's cool. I'm putting on sweatshirts and like it's colder than it is in San Francisco and the trees are doing their shit. I'm like, yeah. Then I come back to San Francisco where it's always the same. And same thing this uh, past trip where cool. I'm going to go to Montreal I'm gonna you know, for winter and it's like fucking snowing. The bejesus out there. It's all fun. It's beautiful. It's all this stuff. But I can already see the other the cars covered in that gray fucking film of the salt and all that garbage and i'm like oh no this is around i remember in chicago this is like from front this as soon as that first snowfall hits in like maybe late november usually december and then until it like April, May, that film is on every fucking car. I'm like, I don't want to, I can't, mm, not a fan yeah, of that. Disgusting. But it was it's fun disgusting. to visit and see it and put on snowshoes and walk around and slide a bit and see Porty in the snow again. But then I got to come back here to where it's pretty normal except for right now and it's raining. But even this is normal. I expect the rain like this. But it's not the fun rain. Because even when I go back to, when I went to St. Louis for a friend's uh, birthday and it was tornado season. 
and we're out there and the sky goes dark. And we're like, oh shit, everybody go inside. And like, oh, the sirens are going. It's pitch black. It's hailing. I'm filming. We're out there drinking beers. So I'm filming the hail. I'm like, this is so cool. Then the tornado siren goes off. We're like, all right, let's go downstairs to the basement. We go downstairs to the basement. I'm filming out the way. It's like, yes. I, I, I remember this and I miss it, but Wait, I don't you need to live You said that this isn't the fun one. You then went on to describe what is supposed to be the fun one and involving going to a basement and sirens. The and- amount of times as a Midwest child, I have been in a tornado or not even in a tornado. I've been in a few tornadoes like that. But the amount of times I've been in a tornado warning, like sirens going off, it's really happening. You're like, it's not happening here. It doesn't happen here. It's the houses are too packed together. I was outside. This is when my friend lives in uh, St. Louis, but in Soulard, right outside is a section of the city, right outside the Budweiser brewery. No tornado is going to come through there, but this guy looks menacing. Yeah, let's go down. You know what I mean? It's not going to get you, but you just in case you go down there. Uh, no, I, I get that. But yeah. You described that as fun. Hey, well, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I missed it. I haven't had it happen in so long. Again, that chill in the air all of a sudden, the hail, the hail and the rain stops suddenly, but it's still pitch black out. You're like, oh man, this is cool. We could all die real soon, but we're not going to. <laughs> It's a thrill. I get it. There was one time in Columbia where, yeah, it was me and my ex, and she, we, she, she was like, I need to go get a dress for a wedding or whatever. And like, I'm like, all right, cool. There's a storm system. Now, nah, let's just go. And we drove down I-70, which is a terrible idea. And you got like, we got like an hour uh, into the ride, but only made it like 45 minutes outside of where we should have been an hour. And then we got to where all the semis were blown over on the road, like all these semis. And I'm like, all right, let's turn around. This is a bad idea. Probably a bad idea. Yeah. We yeah. tried. Colin, it's my topic. <laughs> My topic's La La Land. Uh, I have seen La La Land. You boys have seen La La Land. Oh, yes. Kevin, has you seen La La Land? I'm taking a shot mm-hmm, in the dark mm-hmm, there. All right, mm-hmm. cool. We're going to talk about La La Land now. If you haven't seen La La Land, turn off the podcast or come back later. Uh, Nicholas, yes. you were very adamant that we need to do this topic. Yeah. Why is uh, that? Because I think this is a special movie. This I think this is fucking awesome. Yeah. I think this was a movie that, um, that really took me by surprise. Um, I saw the preview for it. And from the very. You mean the, like the trailer? Yeah, the, tra- the trailer for it, rather. Um, and from the second that Emma Stone walks into the the bar, yeah, and he just immediately walks up and kisses her, yeah, I'm like, all right, this is going to be something different and something unusual and something cool. And I was hoping, I was hoping very much that I would like it. And sure as shit, when I went and saw it, it, it got me. I'm like, I, ah, this is a modern day musical. Musicals, for the most part, don't really exist anymore unless there's something huge happening on Broadway or someone decides to revive yeah, an yeah. older, already established musical. But this is an original musical that has been made into a movie this by all accounts shouldn't have happened right mm-hmm. like there's just not really a system that we have in, in our modern day society where it's acceptable to just be like musical yeah oh let's go see a musical right no can you name the last musical you saw that wasn't a disney film i mean i mean i i think that this movie came out at the perfect time i, I think, think that we've been primed for this for so many years like Definitely. my generation with things like high school musical and with all the disney uh, animated musicals. Not to mention Hamilton's their, doing their well. Uh, Book of Mormon. There was stuff like that. Yeah. And South Park that was a musical. That was 98, though. I know. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, no, exactly. I'm, but I'm laying the groundwork for why. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I feel with uh, the rise, like we recently had a talk about musicals of uh, mm-hmm. Hairspray and um, Captain or uh, Peter Pan and. Uh, oh, the musical lives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah. That, I think that Pay we're at a perfect place yeah. for for this movie to come out and it it was magical it was such a good movie experience and like i i don't even judge it as oh it was a good musical i think it was a fantastic movie like, yeah i, I don't mean, think it even needs the um the genre attached to it well I, I, for me the most surprising thing is that i remember seeing the trailer as well and being like that looks fucking awesome not realizing it was a musical but it was the when they started like uh floating into the air and like the uh, planetarium i guess or whatever and just what like what you're talking about that running up kissing not to mention that like I was, like I've talked in previous things about, like 
I like The Rock and I like Kevin Hart. So they're in a picture. Sure, sure, I'll go see it. I like Emma Stone and I like Ryan Gosling a lot. So like to have them back together in a movie is like, oh yeah, fuck, that looks great. But the fact that the trailer was so good and then the movie was even better is what yeah. I think is most amazing yeah. about this. And the fact that usually it's the opposite. Oh man, great trailer. I'm like, all right, well, that's Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh God. No, I mean, you're right though. When I first saw the trailer, I was like, I'm seeing this movie. Like you guys won me over. You did your job with yeah. this. This looks epic. This looks amazing. And it was, it, it paid off in every single way. And what I enjoyed the most about it was once it ended, I had experienced so many different emotions mm-hmm. throughout it. And I feel like all of them were earned. And I liked that even at the end of it, there was things that I'm like, oh man, why didn't they do this? Or this could have happened differently or whatever. But it's yeah. like, it felt good. It didn't feel like, oh man, they fucked that up. It felt like yeah, yeah. They, they told a good, story. They told a story and they yeah. made good choices. And I, I really like, and I, I'm assuming we'll, we're spoiling this. It, to yeah, an extent, the the non spoiler. No, we should go all in. I think people okay. have seen it, right? Like non spoilers. Uh, the movie's great. Go see it. Come back and watch the rest of this video. Absolutely. Now we're going to go spoiler. 2016. My favorite movie by far of 2016. It was so good. Um, and I could not recommend it more. I've been listening to the soundtrack every day. That's the same. Yeah, me too. When I, yeah, you know, if I'm listening, if I'm working at the computer or if I'm, you know, like in the morning when I put stuff on my uh, Bluetooth speaker in the bathroom, I've been listening to it too. City of Stars. So good. It's just so, so damn good. But I love what I was saying is the end of it. I think they did a really, really interesting thing that is open to interpretation uh, when they kind of, you see what happens then it's the more like this is what could have been i like that they did it on a more on the actual soundstage that we saw earlier in the movie yeah and it was that they recreated the movie as if it was an old school musical and i like that that's open to interpretation not only of is this supposed to represent uh what could have happened or is this supposed to represent what did happen in a just different alternate alternate timeline or is this supposed to represent uh, what would have happened if this was a musical that was made in the fifties? Because I like the whole style that they did of like recreating all the different things practically. Even though earlier we saw like the planetarium scene or whatever, or the traffic um, thing was all, you know, huge. Yeah. When they redid it as what an actual stage musical would be, I liked that it felt more like that would that would have been the typical story that was told, and it was cool. What did you take away from the ending? Because Nick and Nick. Uh, we haven't talked about it. You mm. talked about it. You took away something completely different than what I did. Go ahead. Well, for what me, we- I, like, I took away what I just said. I took away the that the the extra thing was just more of like a, a step back meta thing of this is what the musical version would have been okay. of this. But for me, what they showed is that's what happened. Oh, they sure. Yeah, split the, up the, and, exactly. Yeah, the movie they split up. I, for me, when I watched it all happen, in, in, I, I, for me, it was happening in her head. This was her vision of like, fuck what if what if he had gone with me to Paris what if you know we had been together and it was this perfect love story and we walked down here and then you know the timelines mm-hmm. meet but then you were saying it was him right you you told me that it, you took it from Gosling's perspective um I think originally I did yeah because I think that they kind of the way the cinematography lends itself in that scene if I remember correctly kind of pushes your you toward that but I I don't think I necessarily defined it when I was watching I just thought this is this was their sort of they saw each other they walked in and this was sort of what their shared experience was when they were thinking about what their lives could have been. Mm. And I think that they both kind of came to that conclusion at the end um, that like that, although it would have been good, it still would have been missing something. And I think that no matter what, like he would like, he wouldn't have gotten his club. And so he would have been not whole. Right. And I think you see that in that look when she walks out and she looks at back at him and he looks at her and he smiles and she smiles back at him. Like there's that, that, that um, just acknowledgement that, Hey, Everything kind of turned out the way it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. I think, you Kevin. Know? What did you turn on your mic? What did you say? Because you were you. It was another one where I was talking to you about it, and you think he's unhappy at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um. So I I kind of saw it more towards Nick, uh, like the way Nick originally saw it, where the 
that was him playing out what would have happened if he hadn't gone and like had gone with her essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wouldn't have gotten his dream, but like before that happens and we see him like running around the club, the club, but even before that, his house, he just seems so, I don't know. There's, there seemed to be like a sadness in, in yeah. who his character was. It seemed like how he was in the beginning of the movie where he was all by himself and he just didn't seem happy. Wait, yeah. in in the the scene, the epilogue scene where mm-hmm. it's the the flash, you know, the alternate universe or whatever the yeah. fuck it is, didn't he also get the club in that as well? No, in the in that they, universe, they come he to goes to a club and he realizes that someone else has his dream. Got it. Okay, so uh, he looks up and sees someone else playing a, uh, playing a piano in an amazing jazz club. That's like everything that he's wanted. And there's a, a moment on his face where you kind of get the feeling that like, uh, and I don't remember her face because I was, I was staring at him. You love him, but there's a mo- oh god, I love Ryan Gosling. God. Um, but there's a moment where he just kind of looks and there's like a, a dazed look on his face where he's like, fuck, like that's what I, that was my dream. And I don't I need, get that. I, need to I sacrificed something to get that. And I think that's just kind of what yeah. were. I, I, someone in the comments remind me, what was this the video? name of the club? Seb. Seb. Seb in, in his, in the dream though. Oh, I don't remember. Like that. Cause that's the thing to me that I could have sworn it was oh. his as well, but I mean, whatever that to- does totally change. Yeah, how, how that's the thing. It. I want to. I'm gonna go see it again with Jen. So I want to. Like, it's one of those. Like, it's one of those movies. It's similar. You know, I talked about last year at the end of it. Like all the movies I had seen, and how Room is the one that I stuck with, and I thought about. It, I felt like every day for a while afterwards, and I could the same thing here. When granted, I'm listening to it, but I am still thinking about it in the same way. Yeah, no, man, it, it's so so good, and I I think that the what did I take from it from the end? Like epilogue aside, I really appreciate the fact that it didn't to me feel like this is the only way it could have happened. And I think that the epilogue kind of shows that the moral of the story isn't you either choose love or your dreams. And it's not that you have to uh, do this or that, and you can't do both. It's that there's a lot of different options that can happen. And this is just one of the ways that this went. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like they were so perfect together and everything made so much sense. So the moment when it's, she's like, I, I got to go to Paris and he's like, I can't go to Paris. I was like, really? Yeah, like, why can't you? Like, wh- why can't you? But it was just like, I, I really took that as that was just a decision made because he like he really felt at that moment after everything that happened in that movie, after he did totally change the course of his dream to get her. Like, I think that the, the use of City of Stars throughout the movie, how it keeps coming back in different ways, mm-hmm. uh, is really the thematic through line of the entire movie. And like when it turns to the, the scene of them in the apartment and they're singing together. Um, and it's not perfect because they're both not trained singers and they kind of fuck up and just kind of laugh it off. And that was the take that they used. I love that because it was so representative of this isn't a perfect story. Mm-hmm. Nothing about this is perfect. It is what it is. And that's the point where City of Stars stops being about the dream and says all we ever needs love. Like this is about love. And then later it turns back to being about dreams and it's not about love anymore. And it's I just think it's cool because it is an evolving thing where people grow with each other and they help each other become different people. Yeah. I think that's, that was perfect. That's well said. I think that was kind of what hit me. What struck me too, was I think this is one of the best romance movies I've ever seen uh, in that it does what all really good romance movies do in that it, it doesn't necessarily need a happy ending to be a good and enjoyable experience. Right. It reminds me of all those relationships I've had in the past before I found my wife that like you thought that there was not, it was mm-hmm. never going to change. Yeah. Right. You were in that moment and everything was perfect. And then for some reason it just kind of, 
took a different turn and dissolved. And that's just what happens to people. That's what mm-hmm. happens. It's life. It's not even a matter of youth. I was going to say it's what happens to you when you're young, but it just, it happens no matter what. Like yeah. sometimes you hold on to something really tightly and sometimes it just, you, you got to let it go. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that was, that was so beautifully done in that. And I don't, I don't see it as an unhappy ending by the way. Cause I think they both look to me like he looked like he loved that club and he was enjoying being that person. And like, they were always going to think about each other. They're always going to think about each other in, in a, with a fondness of like what could have been. Yeah. But at the same time, when they see each other and there is that look at the end, when they smile, they both realize that they were in that moment, what they needed for each other Yeah. to, 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 to pass into that next part of their life. And then that's it. That's and, it and another thing that I really, really enjoyed about the movie is that it kept throwing curveballs, but not in a predictable way and not in a way where you expect them to constantly be switching things up and, uh, you know, so you're you're trying to get ahead of the movie because that, that's something that movies do a lot. Where I, as a uh, creative type, like to watch these things and think, what, what where's this going? You know, what are they going to do? This movie, I kind of it it beat me. Like I didn't yeah. even I stopped thinking about that because I'm like I trust them. Like they've won me over enough. Like when they introduced John Legend's character, um, it was intriguing. It's like, all right, this guy's obviously a, like the bad guy, you know. But but why? Because they set him up like, oh, he's a bad guy. They almost immediately switch that on you and you're just like no he's a good guy it just represents this dream that uh ryan gosling doesn't have right. and it adds this whole new element to it that it's no longer is it just love and dreams the idea of success is also thrown in there and success not being your dream it's like all right if you succeed at being successful what's that worth compared to love and right. um your dream right and it's like nothing because he gets that he gets all this fame he gets all the youtube views and all the money and all the tours and stuff but it's not what he wanted to do and it's just like, it, I love the dichotomy of all that. And like, to me, the movie is such an emotional roller coaster and it got so real. Yeah. And like, I, I love that every person I've talked to about it gleans something differently from it, whether it's from the relationship standpoint or the dream standpoint or the success standpoint and watching it with Gia was really difficult because when they started having the fight about the, um, the, there's the one line in particular at, at the apartment when he goes to visit her. Yeah, when he makes dinner. Yeah, when he makes dinner and he's just like, I'm only here for the night. I got to bounce out tomorrow morning. And it's like him doing something so nice. And the whole fight that they had of, I'm doing this all for you. And she's like, right. why? This isn't what I want. And him being like, well, fuck. This isn't what I want either. Why are we doing this? But the line of, um, so, so when does this stop? And he's like, well, I don't know. We're doing the album to make the tour. And then we're doing the tour to make the next album or whatever. I was just like, like Gia looked at me and I'm like, oh God, this is literally... Uh, like things that we've had it's like well i'm doing kind of funny live and then i'm editing it so that other people can see it so we can go bigger next year so you know and i'm right. like oh shit but it's like i love that though i love how that builds and that's what i take from it but other people i talk to they totally just take the romance side of it or they totally just take the you know what's right for me side of it and it's beautifully crafted movie yeah i liked i like that scene too and i like i love the fact that he's doing something that he is conflicted about right He's doing something that he realizes it is giving him success and can ultimately build toward that ultimate goal of his. But he, but the reason why there's that animosity and the reason why there's that anger and he has that line later that he says he doesn't really even mean, but he just says it where he's like, "Are you mad? something to the extent of like, are you mad at me because you can't stand to see me succeeding in your while you while you're not while you're just standing in one place?" And he's like, "You're an actor for Christ's sake!" Like alluding to the fact that she hasn't hasn't made it yet, right? And he's starting to make it, but he doesn't really mean that. What he really means is like. I don't know why I'm doing this. I can't explain it, but I, but you know, and it's taking, it's tearing us apart basically. Um, and a lot of people are like, well, he could have just gone to Paris with her. And I'm like, he could have gone to Paris with her. But I think that scene was pivotal for that because he talks specifically about like, he's already done this other thing for her. And that's led him to a place that he didn't, it's, he doesn't want to be either. So I think like 
stay the course and get your club or go to the the beyond with this woman and probably not do what you want to do in life that was his that was his crossroad mm-hmm. and i think it was perfectly set up yeah um and i just think all the more better man it was just it's it's one of those that, that sticks with you it makes you feel like you're it, it really makes made me feel like that first time i got my heart broken you know what i mean mm-hmm. we're like fuck that's what that feels like and i'll never get that back like you'll never be able to go back and redo that you just have to live with it and, and use it to be a different or better person. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, taking away, taking a, my takeaway from it in terms of the relationship standpoint, right. And I think early on in that, but I mean, definitely in that fight when they're having it is the fact of, Oh, they're not made, meant to be together. You know what I mean? Like yeah. watching them argue and like, cause it's, it's a love and sex stuff episode, right. Of communication. Why are you, we, we never had this conversation of why he was joining up with this tree. Oh Jesus fucking Christ. You kidding me? And that they are young and they are this, but it is the fact of just like, I mean, it speaks to me and my ex-wife, right. Of like, we loved each other and we got together and we got married thinking that, all right, cool. We can last through anything. Never thinking about the fact that I still had my dream of being a video game person and she had her dream of whatever that was going to end up being. You know what I mean? The fact that when we both started pulling towards it, it pulled away from each other. The fact of, oh, right, we love each other and that's great, but this isn't meant forever if we have to go chase our own thing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the next person I'm going to marry, right, has to be above all of that. And so for me, it was a very much like, oh, I've, I've been in this relationship. Yeah. I, no, no big deal. Yeah. It sucks that they're going to break up, but it's like totally, they'll be fine on the other side. And that's why I went, uh, for me, when they, we see it all play out. I thought it was from her perspective and we got there. And then the look back was for me, the, all right, cool. We both did. Okay. Everything's fine. Yeah, you know fine. what I mean? See you later. This it is a weird out. thing to see you here and come into your club that you stole my fucking, I, you owe me for that goddamn yeah, yeah, logo. Yeah. <laughs> FYI, I'm waiting for my role to check on yeah, that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another scene that I really loved was when they went to go watch the movie and then the, oh, yeah. the film broke and yeah. then they went to the location. Yeah. Uh, the plant. That was like, awesome. There's just so many just cool little nuances to it that they're like, man, you guys really thought about this. Yeah, the, yeah. the direction of it was fantastic. And I love the so many varied musical styles that all kind of felt right. They all felt like they meshed together, mm-hmm. but they were like just different enough that it it never felt like it was the same thing over and over and over, even though the, like the main theme, the another day of sun, uh, the like melody of that comes back like five different mm-hmm. times in different songs and it's it's cool it's a, a great great story yeah. yeah um they just won a lot of golden globes i'm sure they'll they'll do well at the oscars as well for this but i think one of the things that the the uh, composer said that really struck with me was he was like this is a very unique project where everyone had to really work together to make this happen and it you know obviously evolved over the span of six years i think from when damien chazelle wrote it but I mean, this is what you get when you have a lot of people really invested in something special. And like that movie should not have been that good. Had no, had no, had no business being that good. But it just came together, yeah. and it's really well done. Um, surprisingly, Matt and his wife, who both do musical theater, did not like it. Yeah. And I, I suspect no a lot taste. of people. Yeah, I suspect a lot of people who actually have seen like are in theater might have a thing, thing or two to say to that. But I agree with what you just said because their biggest complaint was there was no through line. And I'm like, I don't know. I thought there was. I think it was just a really honest, not. Not to, I'm not trying to put down musicals or anything, but right. I think that and plays in general, the through line's really obvious and, it, yeah. and it's very in, in your face. Whereas this was a movie and it was, I think, an honest depiction of a relationship. You know what I mean? Of the fact of like, well, this isn't necessarily going to be cut and dry. It isn't going to be yep. this thing. I, you know what I mean? The fact of like when he gets the phone call and they're broken up and he's like, she's not here. She's not here. Not anymore. And then she's like, audition. She's like, he's like, what? And then he drives all that way because he's like, I, you know, it wasn't the, 
ham-fisted Richard Gere in a limo, like I'm here to whisk you away and right. make all your dreams come true. Yeah. It's like I know how much this means to you, and even if we're not together and we're not going to be together after this, clearly, like, like I still love this you. This is still uh, I love but, you, and this is important to you, and I'm going to make I, you need right. to know, and you need to do this, and I need to make yeah. you successful. God, and that scene where they're sitting back up at the observatory, and they're just like, "What now?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah. So I don't know." I'm like, "No, I'll just fucking tell you, lover, you schmo." <laughs> but again, that would be like so antithetical to who they actually I were, know, right? Because like for me, it was good. like a, like. I, not that I, I think I fucked it up in any of my past relationships this hard, but in terms of a, well, no, I'm more important than what I need to do right now for this other person, right? Was when he doesn't go to the one woman show, right? Yeah. Whereas in my head, I'm like, if that's Jen and Jen's doing whatever the fuck Jen needs to do and that's her dream and guys like, hey, I need to take photos of you. I'd be like, no, sorry. Sorry, John Legend. Sorry, Tim. I got to go. What are you talking I mean, about? Yeah. That, that, is, that is the one part of the movie that I just really couldn't buy is even even like taking the, the photos of things and all that out of, out of the way. It's just like, there was certain moments where I'm like, you schedule around these things. And it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't care how busy you are. It's like, there's a few moments that are like, I got to do this. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, anything should be able to, to understand that. So it's like, I don't know. But minor complaints. Yeah, sure. Minor, absolutely. For sure. The audition scene, though, was so good at the oh, end when yeah. she sang the, the song, the like, my right, aunt her, used to her, live yeah. in Paris or whatever. Dude. It was just like, it, that was just yet another shift in the movie where I'm like, damn, they took this up another notch. Like this is so fantastic, and it it made one of the the plot points in the movie that I didn't really like that much make sense, which was uh, the one woman show. The one person that needed to be there saw it and all that. Like, right. It's a little too convenient, but that audition made it all up for me. Where I'm like, this is really going in a cool direction that I do think is believable. And uh, when I was saying earlier about the end of the movie, how it it doesn't really end perfectly and whatever. To me, what I thought was going to happen from the whole um, epilogue scene was that that was the movie she ended up making. Well, was oh, like the whole thing because oh. when, when she was doing the whole audition and um, they, they were pretty much like, yo, we liked your, your one woman show. We want you to go to Paris and make a movie, you know, like make, yeah. make a story. I was like, oh my God, this whole thing of her with a different family and all, whatever, that is the movie. And I thought they were going to cut to them watching it, but that's my mind always goes meta. Always. Yeah, no, I said, I knew the second that they showed the kid, the second that she had a kid, I was like, She's not getting back together. With her I knew as soon as she, she, they showed her hot ass husband, that guy, that guy from Dead Man on Campus. I was oh, like, yeah. yeah, love that guy. I was like, he's not going anywhere. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was another one of the last time Kevin though too. This is one of those things that I feel like happens all the time in these movies where, like every everything with James Marston, right or Mast- mm-hmm. Marston? Yeah, Marston. I was I don't want to say John Marston, James Marston, Marston, and uh, like from Superman Returns or The Notebook or whatever, where it's like, oh, you're not that bad of a guy, but like, oh, she's not really in love with you. And he might have been a bad guy in The Notebook. I forget, but uh, for sure, Superman he Returns wasn't in Superman Returns. He Superman Returns, really he's totally guy. a nice guy. And it's like, well, yeah, Lois doesn't guy. love you as much as she loves Flies her soulmate. I think was a doctor yeah, trying yeah, to like yeah, save yeah. her a bunch of times, even though he almost died like yeah, every yeah. fucking time he did anything. <laughs> so I see this dope who's got a kid with her. And I'm like. Oh, sorry, she just doesn't love you like she loved fucking him. That sucks. Yeah, he plays go. music. You just drive a nice I car. Mean, my, my wife put it best. My wife's like, I was like, yeah, you know, it's just it's too bad. Like, you, you really want them to get together. And she's like, well, if this were real life, yeah, I mean, he would just wait until she got divorced and then scoop back up in there. <laughs> now, now she well, knows. I, too. I was like, I was like, Deco. oh man, she knows that's, LA. That's, yeah, she knows right. LA very, very that's well. Fuck, that's so funny. So funny. And so before there's, there's, we leave. I want to give a couple more shout outs. Shout out to the scene where they cut to all the Prius keys. Cause that was, that was really funny. It's the Prius. Hilarious. Yeah. So, so damn good. And shout out to the entire pool scene. Oh, that was yeah, where yeah, he's yeah. in the van with flock of seagulls. Oh, 
fucking funny. Yeah, um, so yeah. good. Yeah, and, and a huge shout out to how that that movie was filmed too. I, mean, yeah. I would not be surprised if that got a nod for best cinematography at, at the Oscars. I mean, I, there's a I have an article right now in the American Cinematographer. I have not read yet. I've been kind of saving it for a rainy day, but I want to read how they did all that stuff because I think they use a lot of technocranes and like I mean, if you notice like, like the best cinematographer, the cinematographer that I thought really shined in the movie was when you didn't notice what was happening, and all of a sudden there's two people in front. We crane through them through the desk and then all the way around mm-hmm. her and then all the way back in that and i'm like how the fuck did they do that that was really yeah. that was really amazing and very and very flawless yeah um so i'm actually fascinated to read how they did that um and see what kind of mechanized crane they used for that super cool if you didn't know this has been the game over greggy show each and every week three sometimes four best friends gather on this table each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement if you like that head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny where you can get every episode early along with a bunch of exclusive perks goodies and if you give us $1 or more for the month of January, you get exclusive access to Kind of Funny Live 2, a three-hour video that Tim cut, and it's really awesome. There's a million camera angles, and it probably killed him. If you have no bucks to toss our way, though, no big deal. Head over to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny, where you get the show broken up topic by topic, day by day, until it goes up as one big MP3 and video. Until next time, no, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Damn right. <laughs>